Hi, this is Brett Blevins. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice. He tried to snipe you, but you escaped uh, him. I, I, uh, I pulled an audible. Ah. Which is a sports term, Vince. For when a quarterback at the line of scrimmage decides he doesn't like the defense, so he calls a different play. What's it called? An audible? What did you call it? An audible. An audible. 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 <laughs> We're going to fill the beginning of the episode with one word. <laughs> it's like audible. a company. Like yeah. A company two people form a word. That's this great. episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by the word audible and the letter T. You don't want to hear something else interesting. Sure. I do. I may have mentioned to you all that uh, this year, my mother-in-law is graciously taking us on vacation because it would be her and her husband's 50th, uh, 50th? Yeah, 50th wedding anniversary. Obviously, he's passed, but it would be Jack and her 50th wedding anniversary. So the whole fam is going on a cruise because they love cruises and neither Beth nor I or the kids nor her brother Jimmy have ever been on a cruise. So she's taking us on the super fancy cruise. It's going to be awesome. And um, here's the thing, though. I just double-checked. It departs on June 21st. Oh, shit. I know. What's that mean? Bro. 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 What's Bro. Oh. Oh. That's not good. Oh, yeah. wait. I'm sorry. Did I say 21st? I'm sorry. I meant... Uh, I meant... Wait, hold on. I think it's 21st. But yeah, either way. It's either 21st or... The um, 28th. Have so we switched we, bodies? What? From? Seriously. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I'm usually the one that has no idea about the dates. And you're always tight and right with the numbers and the scheduling. And you just seem... And Vince goes on vacation when we have conventions? Yeah, you... Shut up. You seem, you seem slightly clueless as to when <laughs> this is actually going down. Well, I know it's right around there. All right. I'm, I'm texting the wifey right now. Ooh, video. Or it didn't happen. <laughs> She's in the uh, bedroom watching Hallmark movies. What up, girl? She fell in love with these Hallmark movies at Christmas time. She didn't even know they existed. She oh, on her belly? No. You're so stupid. Oh, my God. You're hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> what are you saying? What's the matter with you? I can't even do it. <coughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics episode 516. Amazing. And I am. I'm happy. I'm Vince B. Uh, I'm glad you're happy. I, and I'm glad you're David A. Price. I am David A. Price. I'm glad you're Vince B. Well, I've had some that, make, that makes a lot more sense. That was the intro from the future. You're right. Strange. And I am keeping all of you safe because I am the Concretestador. Oh, nice. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood, not the Concretestador. And we're all here together again. This is a regular episode, yes? It is. It's a regular episode. First all right. Here. Brought first to you by Hedonism. Here. No, it's not. <laughs> it's brought to you by someone will you will never experience any 
ripping and tearing because you get your books in pristine thank you you get your books in pristine condition from discount comic book service dcbservice.com the list of specials is up and unfortunately i just realized that fact about five minutes ago as we were recording and i did not select anything but i'm going to select them on the fly oh yes i'm doing on the fly um first up from Avatar. It, it looks like they are actually publishing new books. And one of them is called Crossed Plus 100 Mimic Number 1. Written by Christos Gage and Patrick Shard. Shand, sorry. Uh, the art is by Shard. The uh, art's by Emiliano. Oh, mm, yeah. And Rallo Caceres. And uh, Gabriel Andre does the cover. It's a five ninety nine book, but you are not going to pay that. You are going to take it home for two dollars and ninety nine cents. You're saving fifty percent off the cover price. Mm-hmm. Who who else are we going to go with? Oh, look at this! Cyberforce is back from Image. Cyberforce number one with a um, Sylvester cover written by Matt Hawkins and Brian Hill. Art by Attilo Royo. What's going on? Sylvester's not drawing it? No. Wow. Well, maybe you should buy this. It's three ninety nine. Um your price is a dollar ninety nine cents. And last but certainly not least, it is the DC Universe by Alan Moore trade paperback. What do you get in this? You get Action Comics five eighty three. Batman Annual number 11, DC Comics Presents 85, Detective Comics 549 and 550, Green Lantern 188, The Omega Men 26 and 27, Secret Origins number 10, Superman 423, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Annual number 2 and 3, Superman Annual number 11, Vigilante 17 and 18, Voodoo Voodoo, 1 to 4, and Death Blow by Blows 1 to 3. Yikes! This is going to be a big-ass book, and the cover price is only twenty four ninety nine. but you are so smart. You went to dcbservice.com. Do you know what you're going to get this for? What you going to get? $12.49. Oh, yeah, I'm on Mercy. Because I don't have some of these. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to rectify in one swell foop. One there you go. DCBService.com does not mind late order or order editions, and you get your books, like I said, no ripping, no tearing, pristine, delivered right to your door. Thank you very much. You go, there, go there. By the way, you got to give image props. They're selling the trades, the first trades, uh, for all, a lot of the series that we have discussed on the show, and some we haven't. But uh, a bunch of those series have run their course for the first trade. So, like The Realm, Retcon, Port of Earth, Gasolina, Coyotes, Family Trade, they're all, it's all time for the first solicit of the trade. Yep. They're all, they're all, well, except for Family Trade, they're $9.99 image price and DCB service 50% off. So, yep. you're getting an entire trade for $4.99. That I is know. dumb, stupid. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think the realm and uh, I would recommend you get with the realm and retcon yeah, personally. Yeah, Those oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking I I have been enjoying the the single issues, but I'm thinking it makes more sense for me to go trades. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still I'm mm-hmm. still I'm torn. I'm torn. I, 
I do like getting a, a new chapter. Oh, you ripped though. No, I like getting a new chapter every month with my box, but then I got to put it in a bag and a board. Mm-hmm. That's not so fun. But right. I, I haven't decided yet. I'm still jonesing on it. Mm-hmm. And everything I read tonight, well, mostly everything I read for tonight, is what I read in single issues. Well, look at you. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Nice. I, I think I have something that's going to surprise some people. I think so, too. Shock, even. Even. Vince, one thing you probably, because you were, you were doing it on the fly, but one thing that's in the solicit <clears> that I know you're going to be pimping, I bet, the rest of the month once you have a chance to dig in. Right, right. Vampironica, number one. Yeah, I didn't see that. I heard about it, but I didn't see the solicit yet. Who, written, written by Megan and Greg Smallwood, husband wow. and wife team, art by Greg Smallwood. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I know that. I'm going to get it. About about it. Is it ongoing or mini? Uh believe it's ongoing. Is uh, it part of the um Yep, yeah, it's the horror line. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. They're smart. Yeah. They should have done this a long time ago. They should have expanded the line. As soon as Afterlife hit, they should have had Sabrina and Jughead and Bang, 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 bang. Yep. Better late than never, I say. I am more than happy to throw money at Archie Comics. Yep. Yep. All right. What are we drinking, my brothers? Ooh, why don't you start us off? Okay. I have a huge jug of wine that has been uh, left over from Christmas Eve. Carlo Rossi. I don't know if it's a great name, but it's tasty. It's it's a great big jug. It is a very big jug. It's like, yeah. like uh, Emmett Otter kind. Yes. Definitely yep. value. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. and you know what? Okay. Pound for pound, sip for sip, I like it better than the cupcake. Wow. Yeah. I'm not that... Now you got me... Now now, now I'm giving you the side eye, but okay. Really? I, Why? I, I can kind of understand. Because, well, I, I, I see where Vince is coming from, because like we said, and Cup- we all agree, that the cupcake is kind of sweet. It was. This probably just is a little easier on the palate. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. It's a little... It's more yeah, you dry. Know, I can't say, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I as Dap was... I, I do not like sweet wines, and I haven't had cupcake in a long time, so I don't... If it is sweet, as sweet as you're making it out to be, then... There probably is a very low bar to jump over. It's not Welch's sweet. By reputation, <laughs> Cupcake is. is a very beloved wine, though. Yes, oh, absolutely. What I you mean, drinking, it's still but... <laughs> Damn. Shout out to Justin. There we Shout go. Shout out to Justin on multiple reasons. Justin Lovick, yes. our buddy from, from, from North Kakalaka. You know, we all have a tendency to be reflexive uh, around and after New Year's. We all swear to do things like... Be better people, spend more time with our families, lose weight, so forth, so on. Let's be honest, most of us start off strong and we end up fading. We don't do most of these things. True. But it is still worthy to be always a little self-introspective. For reasons that are not ours to go into, Justin had a up and down 2017 on a personal level through no fault of his own. And I got to tip our cup to our boy because... He has handled it in a way that I think is unparalleled among others that I've seen have to deal with this stuff. Dude has been 100% positive. He dropped 40 LBs. He's looking fine. He's got himself a new, a beautiful new home. He's got himself two new puppies. 
and uh, his kids are, are loving the new setup. So I, I got to give him some love. And the reason that all of um, this is the, the trigger for bringing this up was because uh, of the, the wine talk. Justin, apparently, in spite of being our age, had never really been much of a wine drinker. And he no, actually, it. Justin isn't. Um, Cliff is enjoying the, the Apothic Inferno. Justin wants to dip his toe into it. Justin's going to dip his toe. We're going to be his spirit guides. Yes. Yes. Um, but that's can I, great. Can I be okay. a snake? Can you be a snake? Yeah, we're going to be a spirit animal guide. Oh, so sure. I be a snake. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Yep, That's I'm a nice segue. Be- so after you give your, I, I don't want to cut you. After you give your drink, I'll I'll, I'll segue into something else. But what are nice. you going to be? Uh, I am drinking um, a wine that I was told by the wife because she was the one that helped me um, throughout those go-to wines that uh, we give Cliff uh, this week. She told me before we started recording when I grabbed a bottle to open that this, in her opinion, is now on the buy by the case list. Oh. She's added it. This is a new go-to. For when we're not feeling like a cab or a blend, and we're feeling like a little Pinot Noir, this is the new Wood Household go-to Pinot Noir. It is Deloche Vineyards Pinot Noir from the Central Coast. That's D-E-L-O-A-C-H, Deloche. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you, Dap? Speaking of Cliff, um, this is a shout-out to Cliff and to... Our boy, Carl Slominski. Uh I am sipping on. Uh, I have not had the 2016 yet. I'm trying it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, of uh, 19 Crimes, the uh, oh, the nice. Australian wine. I have um, I have this, and I have another bottle uh, called the Banished, which is uh, their their red. Um, but what's what's great about 19 Crimes is that they have an app. Uh, and the app uses the uh, the augmented reality, and because all of the labels are the mugshots from the uh, the felons who were shipped to the penal colony, uh, when you put your camera on the label, the uh, the label comes to life, and you hear a story from the person on the label. It's a pretty neat animation. Uh, but this is uh, this is like I said, 2016 Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from. 19 crimes. What kind of sorcery is that? It mm-hmm. is It is the coolest sorcery. I don't know. It's using technology for good. For once. Yes. Yeah. All right. If we have no thank yous, that was your opportunity to voice your dissent or whatever. This actually isn't bad. Okay. Let's talk about the comics. Please. All right. Let's talk about the comics. Did we have a chance to read a bunch of the comics this week? Oh, I read all the comics. Nice. I read I, all the comics. Well, all, I, which makes up for for my lack of um, being too in the mood today, thanks to the weather. But uh, Dude, I am no. dying I here so much. And whole it's day so disheartening. I know. I know. No, I'm not. I'm not blessing on you. I'm saying no. I know. Break, it breaks my heart that the life you've lived has made you like Pavlov, and you can't take the weather. Like it. Like it. Like it just. Saps the 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 joie de vivre. The will to live. Yes, exactly. It, it's true. I mean, I, I I did some reading last night, and um, and then this morning, and and, and I mean, and today was fine, and and you know, the, the we had off from, the, they decided to close the campus, so we were off, and um, we kind of just on tomorrow. 
Yeah. Actually, the late opening tomorrow. We'll see if we can make it out of our driveway. Yeah, and, uh, same. Our- it's it's the late opening for school here, and uh, I got yeah, same thing. I got to see if I can get out. They they plowed just now, but it's it's uh, the wind drift. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's no matter what they do. I mean, even if they salt, it's not going to be above freezing mm-hmm. before Monday. So what? I, I don't understand what anybody who's on the road is. It it's going to be dangerous. I don't know if it's yeah. worth it, but. In any case, um, we're officially I, uh, the old guys now. Serious? Well, 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 hey, we are old guys. We, we, we care about our safety. Oh, I want to keep you guys exactly. around at least for a little, little longer. At least right. till episode six hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big jump. But uh, <laughs> I, I did um, after our little conversation yesterday behind the scenes on on the Slack. As far I was, I was aiming for for an experiment, and and before we get in, uh, I apologize for hijacking the the the, the not so much. That's all right. You're good. I, I Vince was looking to tag on something so so we could all you know find something short and and Vince mm-hmm. is like you guys pick I want to we could tag on something and that was that was the goal and I guess it was Monday or Tuesday I, I slacked on that but yesterday I had the idea to I I was gonna have I wanted to find a couple of comics I was trying to give us a selection of of a few different comics things. We haven't read, um, so they weren't necessarily first issues. They could have been a, f- a handful of issues into a run. Things we haven't read, I just kind of wanted to see if I would get that sense of uh, kind of recapture that feeling when you know you picked up Uncanny X Men 168 and you had no idea what the hell went on in the first 167 issues. I just I just wanted to see if I could enjoy a comic book brand new, walking into it blind, and and just see what could come out of it, how we would feel about it if we if, if we all read it and 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 see if we're going to continue it. Just, just kind of see where it went. Just, just as, not a theme or anything like that. Just 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 winging it. Um, and none of the none of the choices were really. Jason and I had had one thing that we were on both of our lists, and and I don't know if we're going to talk about it tonight. But all three of us did read it, and and I be fine if we don't talk about it. So it was. I, I I'd well, like to read. Let's keep it real. Comment. Okay. Let's keep it real. It, it bummed me out because we all enjoyed. Well, I know Jason and I enjoyed that backup from a couple months ago. Yeah. And it was and it was Exit Stage Left the Snagglepuss Chronicles number one, which came out. Yeah. Uh, and it did not really. I don't know if it went on too long. I don't know if it was the way Russell was telling the story, but or or maybe it may have been the art to some degree. But for me, I, it was, was the art for me. Yeah. It was not. It, I, I just I I had high hopes based on what we kind of expected when when they did those one shots a few months ago, uh, but it was it was kind of a miss for me for all of us. Yes, yes, um, yeah. I disliked it immensely. I didn't mind the fact where it was set. I didn't I didn't mind the whole uh, the 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 McCarthy here. I didn't mind any of of, of the setting, any of the story part of it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I would agree with Jason. It was uh, the art made it harder for me to 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 get into. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I was much like you of of the list that uh, you threw out there. That was the one I was already planning on reading. Uh, another podcast that I enjoy, the Two Headed Nerd podcast. Shout out to uh, Matt and Joe. Uh, they. they uh, I generally find their tastes, you know, not not too far off from our own. I think they have good taste generally, and they really enjoyed it. So I thought, oh, okay, it's on. But um, but yeah, no, I it didn't. 
there isn't much of anything I liked about it. I, I, I uh, yeah, it was a total one and done for me. I don't know the art. The art felt like like Steve Dillon and Russ Braun ten years ago before they had shot. Like not to, like but kind 20, of without twenty the, years ago, like before they really knew how to do it. But maybe in, in some places with even, and I, I hate to say this, but like with almost less life to it. It didn't. No, it that's did, what I mean. Though I'm yeah. saying like like it's it. it and I don't. I, I'm sorry. What's the artist? Name? I don't want to. Be, I always feel bad, like totally ripping on an artist. But, but it, it for me, it felt like an artist that was trying to be of that school. Like Russ is admit. Like Russ doesn't. When I did the interview with Russ this, in last year, he acknowledged that his mentor, the guy that really gave him a career, was 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 Dylan. You know that. I mean, that was his. You know, and and Ennis. But I mean, but Dylan was his spirit guide. And there's no doubt when you look at Russ's work that he is of that school by design. Yeah. But I think Russ is an excellent graduate of that school in that, yes, you can't look at Russ's work and not see 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 the, the influences, but it's his own stuff and the cartooning is beautiful and, and fantastic, especially and, and it's and it's of the same school in that it's voluptuous and it's sexy but but funny at the same time and it's a little over the top. Um, you know, they're both they're all kind of from that that E C mad lineage i think too to an extent this was someone who i think is of that same school worships them wants to be like them but just hasn't quite figured out how to be and it's not bad art i mean it's not like no it's, it's not like you know it's not like a, an idw visionaries comic i mean it's it's like uh you know it's it's this person this could be one of those artists where we forget we said this and four years from now they resurface on a book and we adore them it's and, uh and, and they've just the, evolved you know the penciler is mike feehan okay uh, Mark Morales was your anchor, and and like we said, uh, Mark Russell wrote it. Um, now I'll be honest, I, I didn't notice that Mark was the anchor. The fact that Mark inked this makes me much less um, inclined to think that this Feehan chap has a has a budding career in front of him, because we know Mark to be an incomparably good inker. Yes, and if this is what came of it, I have to think that the pencils he was given to work with were not very solid. I can see, see Mark maybe doing some heavy lifting. See, I I don't mind the art. I don't okay. think I don't find anything um, in the style that uh, is worth complaining about. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, um, I have praised Jason Burroughs, and yes. this is not too far removed from Jason Burroughs' style. Okay. I mean, I was, yes, I was going to make a joke that this, that. that this guy looks like an avatar artist, and I guess maybe you're saying he kind of does. He does. Yeah. 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 And um, it, it's a very clean line, but it, again, the the uh, the figure drawing, the the you know the composition, like everything is 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 solid enough. It's just I find it really off putting that the cartoon characters are rendered s- realistically. Like mm-hmm. if if this was a Roger Rabbit type joint where the cartoon characters mm-hmm. were cartoon characters, it wouldn't bother me. But the right, fact right. that there's an anthropomorphic Snagglepuss that it's a, he's a giant cat, yeah, no pants, yeah. yeah, and he has no pants, standing it's just, upright, Huckleberry Hound. It's just strange looking. It and I, and I and I find the same thing off with Dastardly and Muttley. It's just why are you making these characters look like? real animals they're not real animals they're cartoon characters if if they took the roger rabbit approach it would have been perfect but 
Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go to great lengths to explain why there's cartoon characters and flesh and blood humans living in the same world. There's anthropomorphic animals and flesh and blood humans living in the same world, and they don't go to any great lengths to explain that either. Right, right. So yeah. I mean, it, it the the premise is a given. We 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 accept it. If it's Snagglepuss, we accept it. But I I just think it would have worked better if the damn animals weren't so real. It's just, and then the, the, the people in the play portraying animals have the weakest ass costumes in the, in the entire world. Yeah, like, I'm just going to put a nose and floppy ears on. And, you know, I'm, so I get the avant garde theater. Okay. I get it. But it's just, it's strange looking. Maybe that was the goal from, from Jump to, to make this slightly disconcerting, a little bit surreal. I don't know. But if I saw a horse that was a policeman, and in in full regalia with the it's just weird looking it's it's weird right um and and i think the the themes were crammed down our throat i agree it was a little heavy handed yeah. yeah you got a lot in here um well i mean read it we don't have to get into it but it, there there's been a struggle by many different alternate um lifestyles over the, over in the course of our history um, from, you know, uh, people who didn't believe in, in Christ on up. Right. So I, I, it's, I, it didn't ignite anything in me other than to finish it. I just wanted to finish it. So, mm-hmm. so we can complete, I could complete the assignment and I did. Um, it, it, it didn't even register. And yeah, I'm, same, I'm sad. Same. I'm sad because you know, I mean, we were jonesing on the Hanna-Barbera stuff, and... Um, that has been... Um, the Hanna-Barbera stuff, I was so excited by the idea of them doing yeah. something different with those characters, having such a love for those characters in their true form. And for me, it was it was a, it was a fairly sizable disappointment yeah. overall. But no, the Flintstones was terrific. And we probably yep. didn't give it as much yeah. love on the show as we should have. It was a great, great series, uh, yeah. and Russell did that. And, and that Agreed. was that was the the gem of the of the bunch. It was it was politically timely. It was it was audacious. It was smart. It looked good. Um, I was much more excited about the Scooby Doo. Uh, I, I know you stuck with a little bit longer, Vince, but you said you finally tapped out. Yeah, it went on too long. Think, it's still yeah, going I, on. Yeah, for me, it just it just it wasn't what I was hoping for um yeah and the rest uh, the 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 wacky races which is maybe one of my favorite cartoons of all time just really not not what i was hoping for and um and then frankly even even the 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 um future like quest. the space what is that future quest well, yes thank you even future quest is pretty good but for some reason and i can't tell you why um off the cuff here it didn't hold my interest. I don't know why, though, because I mean that the few issues I did read of that were very good and they looked great, but but I didn't stick with that either. So I think the unstable art teams through me. Well, look, I mean Doc Shaner is an incredible cartoonist, and he right. actually will be one of the guests of honor, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, Heroes this year. Yeah, if if you gave um, me Doc Shaner for the entire run, wow, it would be yeah, a, but, a landmark but what series. What I was going to say is keeping it 100. Love Doc Shaner's work. But he has never proven to me that he can do um, an ongoing because 
all the books I can think of that he's been named on, and I think many of them were by design, he has only done the first few issues. But he's meticulous. No, no, he looks great, but he's one yeah. of those guys that if you're seeing his name at the start of a book, recognize that it's just for the start of the book. Right. He's but not going to stay, stay around. Artists of that ilk, like Steve Rude, they can't maintain. It's, it's, no, they it's can't. too Adam difficult Hughes, because... Yeah. I read an Adam Hughes comic this week, but uh, I... And, and, When's the last time you could say that? But it's it's one and done. That's why it's a one shot. I right. Mean, yeah. I mean, they're phenomenal talents. It's mm-hmm. just and it's a grind, man. There's not many people that can do this. Even the 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 guys that stick on a book only do it for six to like. How long did Bacello do Doctor Strange? That was surprising in the fact that he did more than his customary four issues, and it was like, whoa, Bacello's still on the book. About Bacello though, Bacello has the last few years been on a streak where he is a monthly artist. Like he's been doing a lot of books on a, he's been skipping maybe one every arc, but he's been, he's been doing 10 plus issues a year for the last few years. So I have to give him some props. No kid. And there, and and it's smart. The writers he's working with know that instead of, um, starting the next arc with a different artist and then having Chris finish it, that's an issue where it's a spotlight on a different character or different right. or, and and this way that's that issue chris comes back when new york starts up again so he can keep his streak going yeah like the kevin nolan issues of doctor strange yes. right yes yeah. yes that's that's and just even, plain smart uh, uh it was um it's like Stuart imminent and way von grawbadger inc uh working with slot on amazing spider-man this current uh, crossover with Venom, is, the the Spidey, the Amazing issues are drawn by Ryan Stegman, and that could be because it, it gives Stewart time to just recharge, or right. it could be like, fuck it, I want if if I'm getting royalties from a collection, I want my shit to be in there. I don't want to share it. Right. With 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 other artists on another storyline. So, but it, yeah. it's again, it's one of those things where if Slot wants to tell this story, he can give it to a different artist to, and and then Stewart comes back for the next arc. Right. And I don't want um, Doc to think that we're we're lumping on him because it's it's not easy precision and and the meticulous approach that he has. It's not easy. It, it it's it's gr- it's a grueling, arduous task to produce comics that good. So the fact that we got X amount of pages from him and all is is a gift, right? But I'm I'm greedy. I I want all twenty plus pages to be done by him every issue. See, that's the thing, and I always found this hard to accept. Even back in the day, was when you jump into a series, and I'm picking up an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and wow, this Ross Andrew guy's really great. Right. And and I'm in. So I buy every issue and there mm-hmm. Ross Andrew again, another Ross Andrew. And then I get Al Milgram. <laughs> like not to slight Al Milgram, but no, like, I know, but I, I didn't hey, sign on for this. There. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that when they throw you a curveball with another artist on a book that a, a another artist has established the tone for you and somebody else comes on, it's hard to accept. Especially if it's an artistic style that you don't usually, you're not, you know, copacetic with. Not that, to, again, not that I'm not copacetic with Al Milgram, but to compare him to Ross Andrew, come on. Mm-hmm. Right? But it happens. So, 
a lot of discussion about Snagglepuss that I don't feel it <laughs> warranted. <laughs> right. I know. I don't think we were going to go down that route. So now that we, we have that out of the way, mm-hmm. we can talk about the things you guys enjoyed this week. Cool beans. Okay. So, let's so, do, so do jump it. in. All right. Let me get this out of the way. Okay. You sitting down? Yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with a Marvel book. What? Yeah. yeah. I knew it. 2018, New Leaf. No. <laughs> if they all looked like this book, yeah, I, I would be in, in like Flynn. But yeah. um, it was not a hard sell. The, okay. t- the title alone, when I saw it, I was like, I didn't know this was back. And the characters involved, um, it was written by Victor Gishler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Illustrated by David Baldion. Okay. Color art by Andre Mosa. And right. there's a very short backup in the first issue by Robbie Thompson and Anthony Piper. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline is called War at the Gates of Hell. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The Spirits of Vengeance. Yes. Wow. Yes. I have not I read saw that. his name attached to it, and I, I, I haven't checked the series out yet, but I oh saw it. Oh, my God. Cover, and yeah, 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 you, that's right. You guys, you know, I, I'm finally going to give... I would give, have loved to have tagged them. I'm, I'm sorry, but I wanted it to be a surprise. I'm glad it is. I'm, I, I'm elated that it is. It's cool. It's very cool. But the roll call is a no-brainer. Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider? What? Yeah. Yeah. Damon Hellstrom, Blade, and Satana? Seriously, come on. Okay. okay. The the setup to the first issue is great. It is a classic setup. Johnny Blaze is he's cruising Route 66 with the denim and the bike and it's hot and the it's it's perfect. It's the perfect opener. Uh he stops for a little bit at this dusty, dingy roadside diner, and he's sitting there, and he's he's minding his own business at the at the 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 bar. You know, a man comes up to him. He's he's plods in from the heat. He's disheveled. He's blonde, flowing locks, and he's bleeding. Right, um, very handsome dude. He's all hunched over. He's in pain. Uh, uh, uh. Comes in, takes a slug from his side. And plops it on Johnny's plate. And he says, take this to Hellstrom. He'll know what to... And then he explodes. Right? He explodes into nothingness. So Johnny takes the slug to, to, to Damon Hellstrom. Um, and he has a sneaking suspicion that, that you know, something's going very, very, very wrong. Um but he uh does a little leg work and um he finds that there's something going on that could be the end of everything see there's a covenant going on between heaven and hell every 1000 years they agree to have a little powwow little sit down talk amongst ourselves you know uh trade prisoners discuss plans and and maybe reparations just a, a a peaceful balanced discussion about the war that they know will never end you're good we're evil cosmic balance we have to be uh, at least 
in the zone back and forth. We know this is never going to completely end. No one's going to come up on top, but this is what we do. We're hell. You're heaven. You're the good guys. We're the bad guys. We have to battle it out. We gain a little ground. You gain a little ground. You know, it back and forth. Let's just, let's just talk peacefully about this. But, um, there are forces at work that want to tip that balance in favor of the, the bad guys. Um, there is a man called Necrodamus. And it turns out that the silver used for that slug that assumedly killed that angel was part of the 30 pieces of silver that Judas was paid to betray Jesus. So this metal is infused with this unimaginable evil. Every bit of this this metal is like this super-powered bad mojo. And Necrodamus has hooked up with this uh, dwarven smithy called Razan to forge a sword out of the metal that Judas was paid to betray Christ. So this is the sword that's going to tip the balance. They're going to waltz into this summit and just slay all of the good guys. But the sword's incomplete because of that one chunk of silver that was given to uh, Johnny Blaze. Um, Necrodamus has in his employ a bunch of bad guys. One of them is a woman called Razan the Nightjackal. And she, I've never seen this character before, but she's, she is, I, I think she's amazing. Um, she's got a little bit of a Marilyn Manson vibe to her. She's okay. extremely extended, very lanky. She's got the dark circles under the eyes and the hood. And she's, it, it's something straight out of the Beautiful People video. Um, mm-hmm. But in issue two, and the issue's deca- dedicated to Albrecht Durer, because Johnny's going, or uh, Hellstrom's going through the whole litany of, of what goes down, and there are Drur, um illustrations in the panels. It's pretty great. Um, Hellstrom visits one of his uh, frequent contacts, Eduardo, proprietor of Eduardo's rare and collectible books. And uh, Eduardo has a book that may shed some light on what's going on. And he gives the book to Hellstrom free of charge. And Damon's like, what? I don't have, I don't have to pay for this. And he's like, no, 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 no. Free of charge for you. And, and, um, your buddy can leave too. And the buddy's Blade, the daywalker. Um, but he's like, Mr. Blaze has to stay as, as payment for the book. And Johnny, oh. John, Johnny's like, fuck this. So he, he, turns into Ghost Rider, and all of the, propri- the proprietor and all of the customers in the bookstore were demons. And they just throw down, and it is awesome. They, they work in, in, as a team. Like, Johnny throws a guy at Blade. Blade puts the sword out, catches the guy on uh, the demon on his sword. It's awesome. Baldeon, he's the reason why I was jonesing about uh, Monsters Unleashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's just such a good cartoonist. Um, it... This is not a slight. Some of his panels look like animation cells. Like right. something mm. straight out of an animated feature. They are that slick. Um, there's a little bit of digital tomfoolery going on when 
when uh, Johnny Blaze goes into Ghost Rider mode, there's flames swirling and some digital effects, but it, it's not at the detriment of, of anything um, going on. I don't think so, anyway. Um, so uh, we find out that there's a bounty on, on Johnny Blaze's head. Razan the Night Jackal has a bounty on him. She needs this piece of silver because if she doesn't, uh, Necrodamus is going to obliterate her. She she has promised to get this piece of, of metal to complete the sword, and uh, she's going to do it by hook or by crook. Um, and we, we learn about the covenant, and then uh, Hellstrom realizes that Blade, even though he's formidable, and Johnny Blaze, they're not going to be enough for what's going down. And uh, he goes to visit uh, his sister, the smoking hot Satana. And she's busting up uh, a backwoods Satanist meeting. They were going to sacrifice uh, a skinny co-ed to, uh, to Satan in exchange for an everlasting uh, romp with all the, the versions they can, you know, it's, it's the, the litany we've all been shown and uh, she busts it up and send these guys on her way and she's damon says you know um i may may need your help and she's like nah son and he's like Mm -hmm. he shows her the chunk and she's like what so they know that this metal is so evil that they pick up on exactly what it is right when it's in their presence um the third issue the night jackal is killing everyone who cross paths with uh, Hellstrom. Early on in the series, Damon goes to, to visit this gig- He's an immense, corpulent mess. He's disgusting and he's blind. And he, uh, uh, Hellstrom tempts him with a box of donuts. Mm-hmm. That this guy is just like a disgusting mess of. He's got the, the legs that are so fat that they look like leggings, that the skin, mm-hmm. the skin is just drooping over the bottom of the. Uh, it's nasty. And um, so she's picking off everybody that he's talked to. Um, and uh, in the meantime, Hellstrom is, is sent a message from one of his buddies like, hey, I think I got the, the down low. Meet me in the, the rooftop grove. And he's, of course, set up. The night jackal shows up and the shit hits the fan. And demons, gigantic flying um bloodhounds and she's riding it and it's you i will put the images up on the the um the 11 o'clock uh gallery accompanying this episode the art is just jaw-dropping it is so beautiful that's why i I mean everything that came into cosmic alignment with this book the characters the storyline the art like this book was i'm i'm perfectly wired for this title Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just sings to me in an infernal song of doom and darkness. And I love it. And I, I need more of it. I love that you're back on the Marvel tip sign. It's here. one book. It's one book. That's how it starts. Dap, issue three has a word balloon on the cover. Oh, dude. Right. Seriously. Uh. Yeah. Johnny Blaze? Blade? What? Blades chopping up vampires and shit. It's what? and it's it's um, no, the bl- he, it's the blade from the movies. I mean, I think that has been incorporated. No, it's into... the, it's yeah, it, that the the blade from the um, the Guggenheim Shaken run mm-hmm. from a few years ago. Right. Uh, that yeah. was uh, that's yeah. that, that's pretty much that version that's been. I mean, he's still 
because at the end of that run, uh, they brought it back to the Gene Colan drawn version uh, from yesteryear. But that is pretty much the way these yeah bed looking since the movie. In, in the third issue, uh, Blade and Satana go to this place called Port Brimstone, and it's ba- <laughs> it's basically the Moss Eisley of the underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a bar where you know again no wep well no not no weapons but it's it's like a peaceful semi peaceful coexistence of all these underworld nasties and they're mm-hmm. looking for information so uh blade sitting at the bar and a trio of nosferatu come up to him and they're like they're like shit's going down son <laughs> we don't we don't we don't care you're the daywalker stuff the the balance is going to be tipped and you're the first one to go we're going to start right now and blade takes them out like no sweat and they nice. are they are nosferatu they are straight the classic max shrek depiction of nosferatu it's oh ama- really yeah it's amazing i love it and awesome. satana she don't have too much on and i am not complaining she got <laughs> she got the big horns and she she's uh yeah it's just it's great awesome love awesome. it that, the, that warms my heart. And the trade, I did see that the trade for the first arc is solicited in this previews, and it's the cheapness. I think it's like mm-hmm. eight ninety nine. Dap, can we um, can we can we tag on on Walking Dead one seventy five? Do it. Yes, yes, it's, because it's, I it's, don't. You can go get a, you can go take get a bathroom break. You know what? I will say one thing. Is mm-hmm. it the the one with the cover with the men in the uh, uniforms? Yes. I don't like the look of it. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah, you might want to take a bathroom break. That was um, I didn't. I found the cover striking, um, but it's there's obviously a a reason for it, and and it took me a second because I know we we did, or more precisely, I believe you talked about one seventy four. Which was a spotlight on Negan, and it took me a second to remember that that issue interrupted the events from the end of 173 to picking up right where 175 left off. Because I'm staring mm-hmm. at the beginning of 175, and I'm like, "Why am I missing?" And it's because obviously it's it's more than a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's but yes, by all means, we can uh, we can definitely get into this new. Um, this this brand spanking new arc with this interesting not like any sort of Walking Dead trade dress we've ever seen. That last page, though. That last page, man. That is, um, yeah. That that was, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Colin is reading the comic. He's one of the few people. I mean, rather, this is one of the few comics that he reads consistently. But he reads it in trades over for him. So we've been reading the issues, so he's probably like eight issues behind. So he was in here doing that draft when we started the show, and I finished 175 right before we finished recording. And I said, oh, my God. And I was like, dude, do you want to be spoiled? He's like, no, no. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like jaw-dropping last page. So spoiler alert. I know this is still one of those comics where people feel some kind of way if you spoil it without them knowing. So let's assume you want to fast-forward, take 10 minutes if uh, you're not into the spoilers. Although 175 isn't really an anniversary issue of any significance, it does seem as though uh, Kirkman's treating it that way, at least in terms of um, it is. Look, 
people that would say that the Negan machinations went on for too long would not be wrong. Um, now, it's been a while in the comics since that all happened, although Negan is still in the picture. I found the Whisperers to be creepy and interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, if, if, if you're being honest, it is it is essentially Rick and his crew come up against another society that's different from them. That society is deemed to be less worthy of living. They battle, rinse, repeat. I mean, that has been the book for... Mm, I mean, what, three years, four years? I mean, that has pretty much been the book. Um, so you could argue that 175 is the start of another one of those things, maybe. Um, but it pulled me in because it's leveled up in a way that um, that I think is going to be fascinating. So... Um, Let's go back. I don't remember what issue, but for a long time, Eugene has been communicating via the radio with a mysterious woman uh, who is from another community. And that's been going on, what, like 15, 20, 30 years? Since, yeah, it would be a pager. I mean, it's it was definitely, we would it would crop up during the Whisperer War where, you know, we would just see Eugene on the radio talking to a woman who eventually revealed her name to be Stephanie. Right. And, um, and that was pretty much it. And then when actually, I believe it was during, um, or was maybe it was after the whisper war where, where the other factions where, where Negan's old crew, Mm -hmm. uh, when they were coming on to Alexandria, everybody was trying to basically, uh, they decided to overthrow Rick and, and, uh, Eugene was, not home, but some other Alexandria residents were, and they heard the radio and they heard Stephanie on the radio and it kind of, um, it ends up, Eugene has to show his hand a little earlier than I guess he was expecting to. So, uh, that was brought to Rick's attention and a small group decides to, uh, or they assemble a small group to go and meet Stephanie and, possibly her community and, mm-hmm. and see where, um, see what good could come of it. And it's, it's Eugene Michonne, a new girl who they meet on the way named princess. <laughs> yeah. Who's annoying. Yes. Um, yes. and then who else is with them? Um, uh, who's the, uh, the, not the, um, he is, uh, I think he was one of the dudes who did find the radio, but it, oh crap. It, He's definitely he's somebody who who's been very helpful during the whole thing. But I okay, yeah, uh, Sadiq. Yes, uh, it's 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 Michonne, Eugene, Sadiq, Magna, Yumiko, and then this new girl, Princess. Yeah, and they're going to meet Stephanie. And at the end of one seventy four, we are presented with them being met at the spot with by essentially this army, um, which we see on the cover. And so. This issue is essentially just them being um, taken, like, to intake. The army rolls up there. They're, I don't know, 25, 30 strong, all with matching armor, matching weapons. They lead them to a trailer uh, where there's a dude in a suit. And he's very matter-of-fact. And he introduces himself and says that he is a representative of the Commonwealth. And they explain that they were there to meet Stephanie. And he says... 
respect to that, but you're not meeting Stephanie. This is how we do things. Uh, we, we, I don't mean you any harm. I, I'm sure, you know, uh, his name is Lance Hornsby, by the way. Uh, he says, listen, I, but you're going to, you're going to do things my way. If you don't, we're going to shoot you. Uh, again, the last thing we want to do is shoot you. We're always looking for new people to join the community uh, and to meet people. But the reason our community thrives is because we have certain ways of doing things and we have to interview you first before anything further. And, you know, of course, they, they're used to being them. So they're like, oh, fuck yourself. You know, if we don't see Stephanie, we're out of here. And he says, great. He said, listen, it's free world. It's your choice. You can either, you're free to leave, but just know that as soon as you go to leave, my men are going to shoot you right in the head. Or you can just answer my questions in a calm fashion and we can get this process rolling. And he literally has a book, a ledger, and he's just interviewing them, asking them all kinds of questions. What are your names? Did you come with anybody else? Do you, does your society have any strange um, habits or yeah, habits or adaptations? At one point, he says, for example, we just brought in a guy that covered himself in blood every day. It was disgusting. And Michonne says, well, covering yourself in your blood can mask your scent. Uh, we've done that a few times to escape imminent danger, but that's not something we do on the regular. He's like, these are exactly the things I need to know, these kind of things. It's good to know that you don't make a habit of it. And they, they go through that whole process. Um, he takes issue with the fact that Princess is a newbie. He makes a note of that. He's like, well, I, I'm going to have to do more work on you because you're a newbie, so I'm not sure about you, but they've already been with you for some time, so we're going to we'll let you come with us, but I'm, I'm, you're not all clear yet. Uh, and, and in essence, it's very clear that that even though the, the once again the Walking Dead crew are not going to get what they want, they they have to acquiesce to this dude and his army's wishes. So they all hop into his transport to head to the Commonwealth, and along the way, a uh, swarm rolls up on him, and fucking soldiers handle it like bosses. I mean, they. You know, they're like, oh, nine on your left, you know, five on your right, you know, you know, you know, uh, you know, blades before bullets and, and just take them out very systematically. Um, uh, Lance is extremely impressed by the fact that Michonne and, and their crew don't react. They don't panic. They don't freak out. They just watch. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm going to take note of that. You guys are very calm under pressure. Uh, and then they head and then they, they as they're heading to the. um to the Commonwealth, uh, one of the soldiers is walking alongside him and says to Michonne, like, hey, don't worry, he can be a dick, but, you know, honestly, this is, I know what you're thinking, but but this is just the way we do things, you're going to see why, but it's, it's we're not trying to, we're not leading you to your death, this is this is just the way we do things to keep ourselves safe, but I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be great. And, uh, you know, she's like, whatever, like, I've heard this before, you know. Um, but they're rolling up, and they come across a fucking stadium. And they're like, oh, shit. They're like, did you they're like, did you commandeer a stadium and secure it for your society? And he's like, no. He's like, the stadium's for where we have concerts and games. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, we have concerts and games there. He's like, we have a couple sports leagues, although you, he's like, we don't have enough athletes as, you, what you, as we'd like. So some of, the, some of the leagues are a little smaller than we would have hoped. And they're like looking at each other and like, so how, how big is your society? And he goes, we're about 50,000 right now. Fifty fucking thousand. It's an entire city. So it's basically what Rick and all of them have hoped to be. They've got a city and a fully operational, secure city of 50,000 people that is functioning in this world. And as they're about to enter the community, there is a wall of uh, it's like a wall of remembrance, right? Pictures and letters yep. and things like that. 
and uh, they it, it draws the attention of the Walking Dead crew, and they say, "What, what is uh, what is this?" And he explains it's a wall of 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 remembrance or shout outs or have you seen these people type of thing. And all of a sudden, uh, I think it's Sadiq and one of the girls is like, they gasp and they say, Michonne, you need to come see this. And the last page of the issue is a fucking picture of Michonne when she was a lawyer in a suit written on it saying, this woman is Michonne. Have you seen my mother? Yeah. Have you seen my mom, Michonne? If you have information, please contact Elodie at the bakery on 6th Street. Holy shit. And she starts crying. So fucking Michonne's daughter is alive and well in the Commonwealth. That's crazy. What would you do? You know, you've lived this life of hardship and torment and loss that you left behind everything you had. You you, you killed, you took your husband when he got turned into a, or fiance, I forget, I think husband, uh, and made him into a walker and you cut his jaw so you could be safe. You, you, you have spent years forgetting that you ever had a life prior to this. And then suddenly your daughter is alive and well in this place you've just been brought to. Wow. That is powerful. That, that's something I didn't see coming. Yep. And, 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 and that deserves kudos because it's hard to surprise us in the walking dead universe these days. So I, uh, that hooked me. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm totally enamored. With what's about, what's about to I mean, I'm just—it's—it's it's one of those things where now, now you're introduced to a new character who, mm-hmm. you know, when you first see him, you, you're not sure if maybe he could be kind of governor-esque, but it's—it's right. it's definitely, um, you know, this is your first impression of the guy, and and they seem to be, they seem to have things on point. If 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 they don't, I mean, you know, the people from Alexandria, yeah, they can all, or the saviors, they can all be a unified front but they all just look like regular dudes. This is intimidating because these guys are decked out looking like stormtroopers and and you have um they're they're all prepared and and ready to act and then you find out, you know, this is how many people we have living here and and we're you know, we just want it, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the second or third part of this we're not going to find out like it's the it's the community where uh, everybody was walking towards a few seasons ago and they had the cannibals there. And it's, it's um, yeah, I'm with you. You just took the words out of my mouth. If, <laughs> if, if by the end of this arc, this is just another evil crew and they got to figure out a way to fight. Like I'm out, then I'm out. <laughs> this can't be that right. This has oh, to be a, re- a real society. Is, and I think right. that the interesting dynamic will be how they, because they've been trying with these communities of late to live in a, a what they deem to be a, a society, but it's still been ritual and tribal and hard. And you see, like when the whispers came, they were still a razors, you know, a hair's breadth away from becoming absolute killers to protect themselves again. Yep. So the fascinating thing will be how do they acclimate to a legitimate society again that is safe and is fully formed and they have to just be regular people can they do it right is, is it is is rick going to be able to acquiesce and and kind of let because people makes people may want to rally behind rick they support him they have his back but rick still only has so many people and yep. there's obviously a place that has prospered and thrived and and you know can can rick now does rick have the mentality to be 
a small fish in a big pond and and maybe not call the shots as often or so we'll 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 see if things kind of go that way it could be a way for them to introduce characters that are going to take over the title because it's it's been they 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 did kind of fast forward a bit after they they captured Negan and 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 Maggie took over the hilltop and uh, you know maybe this is a way for uh, he may be advertising it a bit early uh but it, it maybe it's a way for for Kirkman to say you know what it, it it is a time for it is time for uh us to see less of Rick or maybe not have Rick be the star it, it, it's it reading this issue just made me think that there are there's still there obviously is still more to be done with this idea not not maybe with these particular characters but at least this world can still go on if we're not uh with Rick and Carl and and Aaron every day if if, if right. this is if this kind of becomes a spotlight on on Michonne for a while because she's going to be reunited perhaps and and uh we meet some other characters it's it just it it kind of it rejuvenated it somewhat and 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 like you I'm 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 psyched for that because Negan and you know in in maybe 18 months or so we'll see Negan come back maybe you know so it's it's one of those things where now it it, it almost it's I don't want to call it a soft reboot but it just it it give the impression that there's it, whatever you're used to we're, we 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 may be we're, we're going to try something new now I'm glad you're saying what you're saying because it's exactly how I see it I have no idea what's to come but I thought the same thing I thought you know what We've all been waiting for like seventy issues to see if and when Rick would ever get killed, or, or, or and and maybe he won't be killed. But but this does feel like a much more logical way to transition the book away from being about Rick and the original crew uh, without them just dying in a blaze of glory. Right. And I don't know if that's what he has planned. Who knows? But I'm intrigued. The fact that we can guess about it. it. Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I I think it was terrific. I, I really do. And and I know that. You know, Vince is quiet. He kind of lost his way with this book, and that's totally fine. We had lost. Well, it's interesting. So David really didn't give this book much of a shot for a long time, and then right. you finally jumped in about a year ago when we agreed to recommit, and you were totally on board. Vince was hardcore into this from issue one, and then just got until yeah, and then until and then kind of just totally walked away. Um, I was totally on board until the similar event gave it up. Kept buying the issues, but gave it up for maybe two years. Didn't read it then jump back and just shotgunned and have been back reading issue by issue. So we've all had different journeys. Uh, I really do think this is not unlike fables to me in the sense that after the, there was a point with fables where a lot of people bounced and it became almost the default to pe- for people to say that the book lost its way. And it did for a bit, but I think Vince would attest to the fact that if you stuck with it, fables quickly rebounded and became fantastic again for the last, you know, two, three years. Before it wrapped up, and, and I think the same of this book. I think that um, I, I get that it's hyper popular and it's easy to poo poo it now. And I get that you know the show has overtaken the book fifty thousand times over. But I do honestly do not think that it's fair to say that, that Kirkman stopped caring about this book. I, I think he does still show his love. I think he shows his love on this more than he does Invincible. And uh, and I do think it's still a very good book. I think it had a, a, a lull for sure. But uh, but I think it's it's out of the wall. So 
<laughs> now, probably almost no one listened to this part of the episode because they all don't want to be spoiled. But <laughs> if you did listen <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and you aren't on and you aren't keeping current, then I do recommend that you, you if you were a fan of the book, come on back aboard. Yes. Well, it's a testament to the popularity that it's reached 175 issues. For sure, it's not uh, Savage Dragons 230, but it's no, but still. It, it popped on the scene a lot later than Savage Dragon. Yes, that yeah. is true, it did. That it did. So let's talk about a book that we all enjoyed. And what would that be? Well, I'm making presumptions. Grave Diggers Union? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, you read one, Vince? Just one? I read no, one. No, Vince, Vince is current. Oh, you're current. Nice. Then speak on it because I spoke. No, on no, no, one. no. I don't want to speak on. I want you to speak on it because I'm going to speak on something in a little bit. But I, I want you to take this. Well, I mean, I the thing. I reason I said you speak on this because I had read, um, I had read and waxed poetically about issue number one the day it came out. Um, so people know I'm already on board. I mean, listen, I, I've already said I think Wes Craig is one of the great talents of our generation. I think we'll see soon in the next week or two when we do our or two three weeks when we do our eleven o'clockers. I, I there's something about Wes Craig doing Deadly Class. I, I can't. I'm not sure I'm equipped to articulate how much I love what he does on a comic book page. <laughs> it's true. No, I really do think it's I that know, good. I really do think it's that good. And uh, you you know it, it's. I mean, putting it putting here's the here's the best way I can say how much I love the guy's work. I have made inquiries to Paolo if things could work out, you know, finances, timing, all that sort of thing. I would very much like the first ever full issue of a comic that I buy to be a Deadly Class issue. Wow. I would love to own a complete issue of this book. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> you don't agree? No, I do agree, but that's, oh, that's, but that's going to be a bit spendy. Oh no, that's why I say. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that that right. you know it's something that it, I would aspire to. I'll frame it to you this way: You guys know I covet certain old school artists. Would I were the were I in the position to buy a really nice single John Buscema Avengers page or a complete issue of Deadly Class for the same economics? I would choose Deadly Class as an issue for the issue of Deadly Class at this point. I, I well, think it would be more special to me. Yeah, I've ever. always been lured by quantity. I'm, I'm normally not, I'm, I'm not. I mean, normally I'm not. But in this case, I would just like I think about the different comics out there, and you know, Felix, our boy Felix, has, has done a phenomenal job selling. He's turned. The, he's actually created this market of of people buying complete issues. Um, he's done a, a bunch this last year or two. Um, and I always see that, and I think, man, I don't know. I don't know that I, I don't know that I love love any comic enough to do that. But I, do, I love Wes's art that much. Um, but that all being said, this is we're not talking about Deadly Class. We're talking about Grave Diggers Union, which Wes doesn't draw. Although, well, he does, he always he draws the first couple pages of each issue yeah. at least right. so far. And I want to talk about it. that. I just want to talk okay. about that for a second. Yeah, please. <laughs> now, I'm I'm on board with you about the Wes Craig magnificence. Really? I mean, I think the guy is superb mm -hmm. i i also do like toby cypress a lot right and and i have for a long time um 
I, I don't know how to say this without slighting Toby Cypress, but okay, I almost wish that the Wes Craig pages that lead off each issue weren't there. Huh. Okay. Because they're amazing, uh, especially the 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 progression in the first with those gigantic multi-eyed creatures and the primates taking the slug-like things and it's just totally surreal and and it's it's magnificently done and then you get toby cypress who's great but he's not that he's not that west craig in the beginning Hmm. you know what i mean if if the book was yeah on that plateau, and again, I, I can't, I can't even say this without, but I got to keep it real. The, the, yeah, the, the, the approaches of these two men are, are totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyprus loves the, the emotional line, and, and I love the, the chaotic nature of his, his work. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's seemingly haphazard, but it's not. Like, I, he doesn't fret every undulation of the line he just throws it down the dot pattern like i i love toby cypress's work but you look at those west craig pages in the beginning like mm-hmm. my god the the first issue alone like if if i had a chance to buy a, a sequence this first issue this is a damn good sequence to have on your wall i think it's amazing oh, yeah. it's amazing um but the Cypress stuff is great too, but if the, the, the West Craig stuff weren't in the issue, I wonder, I, I don't think I would say anything uh, detrimental about Cypress's work. And I'm not saying it now. It's just that in comparison, side by side, juxtaposed as they are here, it's, it's clear, you know, the, the, that the the Cypress work is, I don't think it's it's on a level with the West Craig stuff. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, we'll let that way in too. I, I I I listen. I just got done saying I think West Craig is one of the great talents of our generation. So I I'm not going to say that I think that Toby is necessarily his equal, but I am a big fan of Toby's work, and I do Me too. think that uh, I, I do think it is different enough that I don't find the four pages we get from West to either work for or against him. I do think it's distinct enough that I don't, I don't, I do view them separately. Mm. Like this, this trash golem. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the, the splash page with the shovel lopping off the head. And you got a guy with just a bottom jaw and the blue titty corpse creature on the bottom. It, it's amazing. But, it's it's a it's a just a it's a it's so far removed from the West Craig approach. I think it's jarring to mm-hmm. put to put these two styles side by side. Huh. What do you think, Dad? I am I I am kind of leaning towards towards Vince. I I like okay. I like the idea of it because it happened on Earth a long fucking time mm-hmm. ago. But uh, it's it's a um, it's it's one of those things where I'm like I am so into what Wes is putting down and 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 to see it and and not that you know it's not like Deadly Class is a black and white book there 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 are colors in it but uh, the colors for some reason on Grave Diggers Union on on Wes's work just 
I, my eyes dance all over it. I love it. And, and I like Toby's work a lot, but, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the story or the characters, but there is something about the main portion of the book that, that it's, um, I don't struggle with it. I just, I'm not, I'm not in love with it. Like I want to be. Okay. Okay. I think if the premise to each issue was released as maybe like a give Toby four issues and then do that as issue number five, just to give mm-hmm. the guy a breather, I think it would work better. It's right. It's, it's too, it's same, but different. Um, Toby has a much more relaxed approach, and I love mm-hmm. that approach. Mm-hmm. But it's are you in a well? Call Lassie. No, I was I was drinking. Um, and and I think it's 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 totally captivating. It 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 certainly has my attention. There's there's no distractions at all except for those damn five pages in the lead of every issue. It's just it's distracting. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Damn, Dad. I know. I, the kids I threw, are making, making dinner and shit. <laughs> I threw the bottle. It rolled off. So I, I didn't mean to. I, the, I thought I had more room. I, I also love the color spills, the the bleached out areas of of some panels. Mm-hmm. That makes a, And some of them spill over into panels below it. I mean, it's just so chaotic. And it's right up my alley. The dot pattern, the, the Leroy lettering. I thought the Le- right. Leroy lettering was a beautiful touch. Um. Of course, that lettering, that that font, was part and parcel of EC Comics back in the day. Everything was lettered in that Leroy lettering, um, and so it it tweaks that that old, familiar, comfortable. Yeah, we're in a good spot place. Um, I I just don't think that the opening salvos are necessary. Okay. Uh, Cypress is strong enough to stand on his own. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know why, I don't know why they felt that even though Wes Craig is writing the book, like why couldn't Cypress do this intro? He's, he would be totally um, able to do it. I mean, look at the rest of the book. He's great, but it's probably a byproduct of the fact that Wes is a cartoonist, right? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Right. Right. Goddamn great one too. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I maybe just, commenting for the the sake of it and it's just uh again i i don't find a single thing wrong with the cypress work i love it Uh it's just that back to back i i don't think it's it's doing the book a a solid i I don't i don't think it's necessary Mm -hmm. i don't okay uh yeah i mean i i I just don't i guess i don't see it I don't think the one takes from the other, but clearly you guys do, and that's totally fine. That's not it's not an illegitimate commentary. Um, but what do you think of the main story? I mean, three issues in, because you read all three together basically in one fell swoop, right? So, um, I do think it's it kind of smacks of the old familiar BPRD mm-hmm. territory. Sure, I think there's a lot of homage yeah. to that. Sure. Uh. It's it's in my wheelhouse. It's it's like a Saturday afternoon horror movie. 
mm-hmm. with, you know, right. with the, the the Ghostbusters or the 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 Night Force or you know, I mean, we've seen groups like these going back uh, forever in comics. But um, no, I think it's it's a cool approach. Any kind of supernatural shenanigans like ghost storms, that's a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and agreed. Yeah, it's uh, I I haven't warmed up to the characters yet. After three issues, they just they argue a lot. They do. They do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's if you're gonna. Well, so did the Fantastic Four, though. So mm-hmm. again, familiar territory. It's um, it's it's like the um. The the police department that doesn't have a lot of funds, like Fort Apache, the Bronx. You know, we're doing what we can do with what little we have. We're trying to keep this stuff at bay, but it's creeping up on us, and we have personal issues. I'm I'm in it for the the horror aspect of it right now. Um, like I said, these characters aren't completely three dimensional to me yet. Mm-hmm. But they're getting there. You know. Um, yeah. It's, I'm I'm enjoying it is I guess the best I can say right now. Right, I will say that um, I thought the first issue was excellent. I thought the second and third were a bit transitional and and took the book in different directions. So that I don't quite know that I've well, I feel like I may have a little bit lost the narrative just right. a bit. Um. I mean, I, I like that he's building a broader world so that you can have a nice long run. And there's lots of other things going on, but I, I don't. I do feel like it got a little fast and loose with issues two and three yeah. versus one. Well, there's a danger uh, with a book like this. When, yeah, when, when yeah, you yeah. when you set up a world where many different kinds of of creatures and, and supernatural entities can pop up, it becomes kind of like Kolshak. The Night Stalker after a while, like the Monster mm-hmm. of the Week, mm-hmm. like oh, this issue we're going right. up against an army of zombies, and it's this issue, it's a it's a, a storm of of evil spirits, and so I mean, we have to find a a binding thread that ties all this crap together, and I'm, I'm sure you know it's there, right? But um, I don't know if this. For right now, I don't see the long run in this book. Like, if mm-hmm. you said, in hindsight, in in five years, if this ran 60 issues, I would be stunned. Right, right. But, you know, for right now, it's it's a an awesome distraction from the real world. I love it. I'm just, I'm wondering what the, the, big, the big plan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm largely with you there. Um, I had high hopes for this. I... I think the art for me, I, I do love the art. I think that uh, I guess I do like characters a bit more um, than you guys, but but I don't disagree that they're not fully three dimensional yet. Uh, I'm still definitely enjoying it enough that I'm going to keep going with it. But I, I, if I am being fair, I, my ebullience for the first issue was tempered a bit by two and three. It went from from love to to like. At mm. least for now, and and it it could well be because it's the second and third issue of a six issue arc, and it's just transitional. I mean that, that so it's it's not as though it's it's I'm not I'm not damning this with faint praise. I, I I'm just saying it, it didn't take what I thought was a great start and then build off that. Right. I think it maybe maintained if if anything, and so I'm hopeful that 
the last few issues bring it in strong of this first arc. Yeah. So that when I, when we next revisit this, I can be like, Oh dude, you should see what they did with that. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Who walks out in a movie on the third reel? Nobody. You know, it's, it's, Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the middle portion of the movie where it's, you know, everything builds. So that's what's happening. They're building. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get to the, right. The crescendo, hopefully soon. I'm in. Like, like I said, I, I, there's no way I'm going to drop a book like this. Uh, visually stunning, Mm-hmm. Has has all the earmarks of of all the the genre stuff that I just love. It's it's creepy as fuck in some spots. It's it's chaotic. It's it's kind of unpredictable too. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons that why is for yes. sure. That's yeah, for sure. well, that's one of the reasons why we we're not pinning it down is because I don't think there's it hasn't established any familiar patterns in the first three issues aside from the fact that it's BPRD ish. Um, where you have a, um, a, a sanctioned organization that fights these icky, sticky creatures that, I mean, that, so that's, it's not a novel approach, but it doesn't have to be. You, you can make great stuff out of pieces that are, are out there. So, I mean, I'm not knocking it because it's, it's semi-familiar ground. It's just that mm-hmm. I, I don't think that, it it walks and talks like all the other stuff we've seen of this ilk. Right. So it's a, it's a bit discon it's a bit off putting initially once we get attuned to the 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 rhythm and the and the the just the style of what's going on here. Then I'm sure we'll be like, damn, you know, some books are, are, are take a while to click. That's true. Yep. That's true. And I do want to see this succeed because I I do love Wes a ton. Yes. Yes. And Toby. Well, for sure. I mean, I like Toby. I, I I don't know Toby well personally, but but I mean, Wes is my man. Fifty grand. It's true. Okay. I mean, you're my you're my you're my man. Hundred grand, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, I got <laughs> yeah. Rice Krispies in me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rice Krispies and caramel. Oh, because I'm sweet, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, Dap, what what have you read to wow us with? Oh man. Um... Let's see. I. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Uh, it's my new travel. Um, well, I know you guys kind of. Well, I know Vince raised an eyebrow over it, but. Um, and I don't mean to talk about it so, so soon after talking about the previous issue. But um, one thing I read, which I really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed it almost. I enjoyed. I loved the main story, but what really made me smile was the last page after the letters page. Almost like it was a. It, it was at the end of a of an MCU movie, and and it's the scene after all the credits. It was it was a fantastic page, and I have the ideas as to where else this character might show up, and it it just reminded me of the Scourge from the eighties, where after the issue he'd show up. Killed a bad guy, and that was it. And and it, it it was just one page. It was beautiful. But the issue I'm talking about specifically is Captain America issue number six ninety seven uh-huh. by Mark Wade by Chris Somney by Matthew Wilson. It is the issue where Captain America is the most dangerous game. He is being hunted by Craven the Hunter, and um, it's not just a quick little. Craven wants to see 
if he's better than this superior perfect physical specimen uh as the issue wraps up towards the towards the end uh there were there's an ulterior motive and uh watching Captain America kind of um traipse through and, and navigate this jungle to uh the goal is basically you'll get your shield back when you reach the cliffs at the end of the island and uh i'll give you your shield back you'll be free to go i'll remove the collar that's around your neck and and everything's great um but the problem is captain america's not going to play his game unfortunately there is a um a, a civilian already in the process of playing the game his arm is cut he's bleeding and um because he's scared frightened alone uh <laughs> captain america sorry captain america what i just pictured cap all cold and naked in the corner just frightened. <laughs> go ahead sorry no he's he's still wearing his 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 funky kick-ass drawn by chris Sum, the old school uniform he just has a electrical collar around his neck uh so cap leaps into action to uh to save this dude and by doing so uh, agrees to the terms more or less and, and is now being hunted by Craven while trying to keep this dude alive. Um, but things aren't quite what they seem. It was, um, and it was pretty slick because cap is about to launch into action. Uh, but before he does the last panel on the page is shown it shows cap from a um from the back and cap's eyes are fixated on something off panel so that just seemed odd out of context right there but it 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 makes sense when um when things are revealed later on uh cap makes it to the cliffs um hopes that uh, Craven will honor the agreement and, and Craven says no the shield will most certainly be returned to you right after you have enjoyed the freedom of blissful unconsciousness and shoots at Cap uh, wings him in the shoulder um, as Cap falls over the side Craven jumps into action and, and yells out clumsy fool the contract called for him to be delivered alive and uh turns out that cap is hanging on to the uh to the cliffside grabs craven uh is about to throw him down and the uh craven lets go with the shield crap cap grabs the shield uh and at the same time craven grabs captain america's ankle um but the collar is is a nuisance when the the person wearing it is in a very close proximity to Craven. It's it's a safety precaution. So since Craven is obviously holding on to Captain America by the ankle, uh, they are close together. Cap is yelling at him to turn the collar off if Craven wants to live, um, because he's about five seconds away from blacking out. They'll both fall. They'll both die. Um, Craven does not turn the collar off they both fall off the cliff but um 
when uh, when Cap comes to the surface, a ship arrives and other things happen without um, giving too much away. But uh, we we continue with the next issue with a pretty pretty. Uh, it's it's an interesting last page, and and I can definitely see why uh, Captain America would not want to be put in that position. So, um, I am quite anxious to. Uh, I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to next issue number six ninety eight. But the thing, the kicker that makes this issue so much better for me is. It looks like it might be Lanil Francis you drawing it, but um, the issue, the main story of Captain America takes place at a bar where Steve is shooting pool with a fetching young lady uh, who basically ends up drugging Steve, and, and that's how he ends up in Craven's lair. We're at the same bar where these pool tables are. Uh, someone walks in off panel, walks up to the bartender and says, hey, bub. Uh, hoping to catch up with a friend of mine, tall, beefy, blonde guy. You've seen him around? Bartender says, sorry, friend, I, I can't say. As I have, nobody like that came in today. And the person who we last saw in a one-shot not too long ago says, no great surprise there. Rogers is always getting himself waylaid. I'll just have to meet up with him some other time. And that's it. That's the entire page. Logan is looking for Steve Rogers. And that's it. And I really hope now that with this whole, since we last saw Logan re-emerging uh, from that special a couple months ago, I really hope that Logan shows up at the, on the last page of a few different comics before whatever the hell event they're leading up to shows up. I want him to, to stop by, you know, the Captain Marvel comic or whatever. But I just, I, I that just, it was one of those things where, now there is a little badge on the cover. That that basically says uh, where is Wolverine and and it's his little headshot. Uh, so you can follow along and and perhaps next week find another comic with this badge on the cover and and see a different last page there. But uh, I little things like that is is what it reminds me that that the Marvel universe is such a connected universe. Characters do know each other and it has absolutely nothing to do with the main story except for the setting on the first couple pages of it, but it was just one of those things where it's like, I, I love those little things that, that lead to the, those moments that just lead to something bigger or, or it doesn't, it's not going to make a difference when the event takes place. And, Oh, did you see it in Captain America? That, that who cares. But the fact that it happened is one of those, it, that those are the things that, that, that kind of just make me very happy. To be a comic book fan and and to be a fan of of characters in a universe that that yeah are so connected. The thing I like about your love for this is that you're a great reminder of the fact that it's it's not either or. What I mean by that is I've seen a lot of people praise this book, but I feel like almost always it's with this veiled criticism of what came before. It's like, oh, I'm so glad my cap is back, you know, and I don't begrudge someone from liking or disliking what they like because we're we certainly have our own personal views on, each, on on many things. And it doesn't always line up with the consensus 
But I do feel like we've gotten to this place as like in fandom where it has to be either or, and like mm-hmm. it's okay to just like Cap. Like you could have liked, you could have enjoyed Rick Remender sending Cap into an alternate universe, and you could have enjoyed Nick Spencer doing Cap an homage to Grunwald and having the Serpent Society and Cap Wolf and the Falcon. And you can enjoy this. Like there's no rule that says you can't enjoy all of it, right? Like it's not, it doesn't have to be either or. Mm-hmm. And so I do like that. Cause I mean, I, I know you weren't necessarily the map, the biggest fan of the Nick Spencer, but, but you did enjoy the Rick Remender stuff. And I, and I, I appreciate that because I feel like I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, thank God. Wade and Somni are doing this. Cause that, <laughs> The Remender stuff was just the worst. And look, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, cool. But it doesn't have to be the worst. It could just be, I mean, these are characters that have had fucking 75, 80 years of storytelling. Like, mm. there's going to be times when a creator does something with the character you don't vibe on. It doesn't mean it's shit. It doesn't mean it's anathema. It doesn't mean the world's going down the drain, you know? And um, I just feel like we see that more and more. Like uh, We're definitely I, in an age where you either either love it or hated it. Yeah, Nobody but, can I, be in between. Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm super sensitive to that because of what's been going on with the movies. Like, like, you know, I I didn't care for Star Wars, and you guys liked it. And that's totally cool. But I think I went out of my way to make the point that like it wasn't a bad film. My issues with it were personally driven by the fact that it's not what I wanted to see. It wasn't a condemnation of Ryan Johnson. I don't think he made a bad movie. I don't think it was a piece of shit film. And like, I guess I'm sensitive to that because it seems like more and more. If you don't like something, you're a hater. If yeah. you do like something that other people seemingly didn't like, then you're a fanboy. And it, yeah. it can just be that like there's a spectrum, right? Like most things people don't think are the greatest ever or the worst ever. It's okay to just like something or dislike something. You know uh, that movie Bright. It's not high art. It's not <laughs> grand cinema. It's not going to win an Oscar. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, it's fun. I, but I don't begrudge mm-hmm. anyone from saying they thought it was bad. It wasn't a great film. From a, a filmmaking standpoint, I'm not going to argue that Bright was a better made film than Star Wars. I mean, like, it's okay just to be like, I didn't like it or I liked it. You don't have to be like, you don't have to like get into an argument with people because they didn't have the same feeling and then convince them that it was the greatest or the worst thing ever. And I just feel like more and more that's what fandom is becoming. And hopefully our show and our forum and our Facebook group are a, a haven against that. I hope at least for the most part, you know? I hope so too. I mean, well, we get, we get our, we get our digs in. I mean, every now and then we have our little, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, and, and I hope people know too, that when I'm like this week, when I'm busting on Dr. Who, it's, it's mainly to get your go. Like I, <laughs> I don't generally have it. And, I, I and spelling pers- it wrong too. I know. But I don't personally have a, I haven't seen enough Doctor Who to really hate it in the way that I portray myself <laughs> hating it. I, right. It just doesn't grab me, and I, I think it's fun, and, and I hope people realize that's me having a little fun with people. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to convince you that it's stupid to be a fan of it. Um, and the only time you say it is when you're trying to get in, sure. in your friend's ass. You're not, you're exactly. Not, Precisely. I, okay. I, I, hey, no. If you guys didn't like Doctor Who, I would never even mention it. Right. It would because right. it would mean Not nothing to me. Your way to, to, to shit right. on is just like, hey, these guys brought it up. I'm going to rib them, and that's mm-hmm. it. And but that, I think people it. know that. I think people are, are aware. I of hope that. so. You're, you're, I mean, right. I hope so. But one of the things, and I'm going to sound like the old guy because uh, I am, yeah. but there has always been fandom has always been very vocal mm-hmm. about their their sacred cows, 
But in the past, those vocalizations had to be typed out, written, and sent to an editor who perused every letter that came to that. Like the the replies were curated. If, If you had a mental midget who just typed... I can't stand this new Spider-Man. He sucks. I'm never going to buy another Marvel comic again. I'm done. That's out. The, the editor would have balled it up and thrown it in the garbage because it wasn't a balanced, thought-out approach. Like Amazing Heroes, Comic Reader, Comics Journal, all of even the letters pages in the backs of Marvel and DC and any other comic, comic company, all those letters had to make it past an editor before they got considered. The The... The internet, Facebook, all of the Twitter, all of these these outlets for commentary, there's no curator. All of these these, right, these right. comments are just being shot out from the id. And when you when the everyman gets a chance to comment, you you are going to get this the, the most more often than not, the sum total of these vocalizations are gonna be lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. I, I I hope I don't sound like I'm I'm you know um, shitting on these people. They 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 are adding to the pool, but you get the highs and you get the very lows. But the median is always going to be the median because there's nobody overseeing this shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and but then you you run the risk of saying okay, so someone has to to pre you know like you use your word to vet somebody like somebody has to go through and and say okay your comment is appropriate you can no that's not what i'm saying but there was an editor that cut out the fat and gave you just the meat we're getting a shit ton of fat Mm -hmm. wrapped around this little tiny nugget of meat it's out there but you just have to dig for it so that's why i think you, you you see the 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 black and the white there's a lot more than just the black and the white but we don't often get to see it because it's sandwiched between these huge layers of black and white mm-hmm. you know there's no yeah there's and i know we're going there. off on this side but i'm just saying like like it just made me think but dap was showing showing the love for this and i'm two issues behind so i, I can't join in although i have enjoyed what i've seen so far um yeah it's, it's just it's okay to just enjoy enjoy lots of things you know i i especially there are going to be – we all have characters or genres where we're just more forgiving, right? Yeah. Um, and, and genres that are, are just hard for us, you know? I mean, I grew up with uh, – you know, my dad loved Westerns, so I'm a sucker for Westerns. You give me a Western movie – I mean, we don't talk about movies, non-comic related movies on the show a lot, but I mean, if we did, I, I, dude, you give me you give me a Western movie, I'm pretty much going to like it. Because it's a low bar for me, you know. I, I I love the genre. It's it's nostalgic for me. It reminds me of, of being a kid and watching these films with my dad. I know usually a western that comes out, I can get my dad to watch it, and then we can talk about it. So I'm an easy mark for that, right? Like, but movies with subtitles, just very hard for that to work for me. And I'm not again. It's not me saying, oh, anyone that likes movies with subtitles is ridiculous. No, I'm saying, but just for me. It is hard for a film with subtitles to pull me in in the way that other films can, and that's just me. On books, you guys know I read a ton of books. I, I in spite of being, quote-unquote, an intellectual, I am very different from people that I do not like biographies. I find them tedious. 
I find them very hard to be engaging. So I can count on one hand how many biographies I've read that I've genuinely loved. You know, that's just me. A lot of people, biographies are their jam, right? But you give me a good detective murder book that's, you know, I'll read a James Patterson novel on vacation and love it. You know, and I know, again, that's not high art. I know it's not going to win a Pulitzer, but but I like it. So, like, we all have things that we're, it's just okay to like, I don't know. I just feel like we got, we, we've we've become this, uh, this society where it's not okay just to like or dislike something. You have to, like, validate your opinion by convincing others to have it. Or or, sure. or or make fun of those that don't have it, and it's just right. so weird to me. It's, it's so weird. It is. It's and and that's a product of not um, advanced age. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It, it's it, it's a byproduct of youth, is what I'm going to say. Like if you're not in the mm-hmm. crowd, you're 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 square. That, they don't even use mm-hmm. that that term anymore. But like you're 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 freaking weird. Um, mm-hmm. You're not one of us, and it's okay to not be one of us. Like, why right. would you want to be with the herd? It doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. uh, in growing up, I, I never, ever made excuses or hid the fact that I loved comic books from anyone. I, I can mm-hmm. remember vividly, I'm in class, and um, my, my teacher was talking about M.A.S.H., and, mm-hmm. and he said, does anybody know what the name of the theme song of MASH is? And I answered, I said, suicide is painless. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was flabbergasted that I would know that the name of that song was, was what I said. And he's like, where did you, where'd you get that information? I said, I read it in a magazine. He said, what magazine? And I, I, I believe it was Castle of Frankenstein. And as soon as I said that, mm-hmm. everybody was like, ah, like they were laughing. I'm like, whatever. That's where mm-hmm. I read it. You know, it's, why am I uh, the subject of scorn? Because I read a magazine called Castle of Frankenstein. I don't, I don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I never, ever hid the fact that I love this shit. I do. It is what I am. Yeah. I can't get away from it. So if you don't, you know, if you're not down with it, that's cool. Don't be down with it. Just don't make fun of me for, for liking it. It's weird. Yeah. Exactly. My biggest peccadillo, though, is when you, like, it's one thing for internet strangers, meaning people that just know you because of they listen to the show, but they don't really know us, or they interact with you on Twitter or Facebook, but they don't actually know you or, or, or have just met you, and they have an opinion or, or maybe, but it drives me nuts when people that you know and you have had countless conversations with, and, and in many cases are legit friends where you know a lot about each other's past and lives, act as if when you dislike something that they like, or vice versa. It's almost like they've erased the cassette, a memory of all the other times you've talked about things and just act as though you're like new guy fanboy and your opinions. Are, like I had the thing where I was, um, I'm not a big fan of Jay-Z's latest album. I'm not <laughs> right. No, I'm just not right. I'm not. That's okay. Yeah. And, uh, it's nominated for a shit ton of, of Grammys, whatever and all. And, uh, I never said it was a bad album. It's just not what I want from Jay-Z. And look, Vince, you're the biggest music fan of all of us. I mean, there are just a lot of musicians who you love them in their heyday. And it's not as though they stop being great musicians, but you just don't you don't um, identify with the newer stuff as much as you sure. did the classic sure. stuff. You know, the poster not, child not, of that for me is mm-hmm. Alice Cooper. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, I mean, perfect, right? I, like, I just like, don't get his stuff after, like... 
1980. I just yeah, no. Let, let's just say 85. That, I don't get it. And I actually think that's the most common way that people enjoy musicians, right? Like, like you don't go to. I mean, I'm not. I, I despise the man, but but you don't go to see Billy Joel if you if you do that uh, to hear him sing the song he wrote in 2016, right? Right. Like right. you, you want to hear him play his classics and sure. Um, same thing. Like if I'm going to a Boston's concert, like I I want them to. I want them to play their first three albums. I, I don't want to hear what they wrote this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is what it is. So for me, the new Jay-Z album wasn't hot. I didn't like it, period. I, just, I listened to it twice, didn't do anything for me, moved on. We had a couple friends who I've had countless hip-hop discussions over the years essentially say, like, if you don't like this album, I totally think you are not a real a real hip-hop fan. Oh, I hate that. And like, a true that drives me fan. nuts because because it's like again if it was some stranger on Twitter saying that water off a duck's back it's like okay you don't I mean you don't even know me so whatever I get it like you love this album cool but these are people like you've had countless conversations with about other hip hop that you you know each other to be legitimate fans of the form right so like there shouldn't be this qualification like you could just say like oh man I think you're nuts I love the album and then leave it at that it doesn't have to be like. Man, if you don't like this album, I'm not even sure I think you have good judgment about hip-hop in general. It's like, we have to go there? Yeah. So I, the, I, the 10 years we spent talking about hip-hop on email and on podcasts and on social it. media together, like that's all gone now because I didn't like Jay-Z's last album, but you, really? You know what? Like, birds of a feather. I, I see this, and, and I saw it recently in my wife. She said, we should start following sports. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Why? Why would we want to do that? She's like, well, you know, I just want to, I want to get involved with something where we could do things with other people and, mm. and, and just like be this, this fans of this certain thing and, and ex- like go to the mm-hmm. games and, and just experience things with people like a group and, and socialize and interact with like-minded individuals. I think that's a lot of what it is. Someone who knows you, who kind of anticipates your reaction, like if they have had conversations with you in the past about Jay Z, they know you like Jay Z. You are yes. you are a fan of this person, and then when you come around and keep it real and say, you know what, didn't really do much for me, they feel a little bit let down. Yes, they they've it's much like what went on with this new Star Wars movie. People anticipated yes. certain things happening in the movie, and they didn't get it. So they're like, ah oh, man, f that, it sucks. You know, it's the same thing. They, 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 they draw the line to the logical conclusion. And when that line deviates from that little point at the end, they get all salty. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what happened. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big um, – I, I can't anticipate human nature. But this seems to be what's happening. Yeah, and I know this is a big aside, but uh... – it's a huge it's aside. On, I like these aside. It, it's just been on my mind a lot lately, and and uh, you know, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I think we need to get back to just appreciating each other's differences. Right. One yes. of the things I will not do, and it has come up time and time again, because of whatever monster we've built with this show. Hey, Vince, I like this. Sell me on this. Mm. I won't do it. I I mm-hmm. I, I will not preach to you why you should read this thing right i I would much rather give you a pat answer and say it's really great i think you should investigate it because i i want you to experience whatever it is Mm -hmm. 
on on your, your on, on its own merits and, and see yeah. it yeah. through your own perspective, your own eyes. Yeah, I may skew things and say, you know, Jack Kirby is the greatest comic artist ever, and you should read it. If you don't, you're missing out on a whole lot of good stuff. Right. But that, again, that's kind of a pat answer too. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you will never really be able to articulate the magic of Kirby until you see it on the page. And then it's kind of hard to translate into words. It's like, sing me a song about energy and power. (laughs) Like, how do you do that? How do you vocalize and put into words the the abstract concept of power? And that's all Kirby's work is. It's just blistering with power. So you need to experience it. I'm not going to sell you on it. I'm, I'm not going to hold you by the hand and push you into a certain direction, which is kind of hypocritical because that's what we do every freaking episode of this show. Yeah. But- no, it is. And, 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 you know, this talk has led me to think in my mind as, as you're talking about this, like what, what have there been instances where I've been genuinely upset with you guys because you didn't like something? And there have been. Mm-hmm. Like a month or two ago when you were like, man, I know you love Dave Rubin and all, but like, I'm not quite sure I put him on like the I know level. you were seriously butthurt about that. <laughs> I got legit mad at you. Like legit like upset. I know, because... but the only reason why I said that was because again, you were putting him toe to toe with James Heron and Rubin. No, and listen, no, and that's you what I'm know, saying. But let's like, not go over it, but like ninety five percent of the time, love or dislike love or dislike something I bring to the table, David brings the table, you bring the table, we're all like, Yeah, man, it is what it is. Like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't vibe with it. But every now and then there's something where if like we don't like it, you know it rubs us wrong. I know. And and it's hard because and, and it, I don't know that there's a formula for it, but that really bothered me. And I'm sure like when years ago when I really shit on Rick Feech, I'm sure that bothered you. Right? No, no it didn't. No. You there have you, been you you there will... have been time there have been times during our eight plus years doing the show where you have been legit bothered by something that besmirched. Um, I don't know if legit bothered is meaning that i took after the the mics were put down and the headphones were taken off that i took it mm-hmm. with me after no well, i don't i don't, I don't care there, but i mean where you're just like i think like, i think you're crazy you almost but you're trying to figure out like how to convince me that i'm wrong yeah and again that it's hard to again when when we love something it's kind of hard to translate that feeling of emotion into words to someone so they can experience a similar feeling, not having seen what we're talking about, like whatever. Um, But you will mature to the point when you appreciate Rick (laughs) Veach's work. You will. It's inevitable. Rick Veach is going to be the Mike Allred of 2018. Yeah, he will. All right. But I, I love talks like this. I think this is – we need to do this from time to time because yes. I, I, I like I like examining our culture, the comics culture. And I'll be honest, a lot of what I see I don't like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I, I do think, you know, I guess it is um, self-aggrandizing and um, – but I do think one of the reasons that our show is – is uh, as long lived and as popular as it is. And I do think that our Facebook group and our forums before that were great places to be or are great places to be uh, is because we do try and maintain a culture of, of acceptance, right? Look, Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not, um, 
there there are podcasts that that love everything to the point where I do think it it uh, for at least for me it it makes it hard to view them as tastemakers, right? Because if you love everything like unequivocally, then I can't really tell what's worth my time and what's not, right? Um, we're not that. I, I think we are we are not above being critical. In fact, this show we've been critical of several things already. Um, but I do think we come into each week trying to find things to talk about that we loved, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it's a disappointing week. And I know three or four months ago, everyone thought I was going to quit the show because I had like two or three weeks of these in a row where you read stuff and you're just not vibing on it and you have to talk about something and you don't got a lot, you don't have a lot good to say and it sucks. Like it doesn't feel good. I mean, it doesn't I, like those weeks where you, you talk about two or three things and you didn't like any of them. It, it doesn't feel as good. It doesn't, you don't leave the show thinking, Wow, what a blast that was! Because you don't—you're just putting negativity out there. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to not be honest, right? I mean, we're, we're right. not going to. Um, but I do think we do try and um, show the love, and we also, I think, try and be open-minded about when other people love stuff that we may not be vibing on, giving them a platform to to show the love and not just shut them down. And be like, oh, you're ridiculous! That sucked, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's important. Yep. And I'd like to think it's a it's a big part of the formula for us. But but you know, every I'm sure every one of our listeners has their own their own calculation for what makes us worth listening to. But I I'd, I'd like to think that that's part of it. But I won't I would be lying if there weren't certain blessed events best these these creative events that have mm-hmm. happened that if you dismiss it offhand, I I, I can't lie. I my opinion of you has changed forever. Like okay. uh, in in the wake of this this uh, third season of Twin Peaks, there were people that outright dismissed it as unwatchable garbage. And yeah. when you say that, you have entered this little room that I sequester <laughs> people into. Where like you're a fucking savage. Wow. Okay. No, no, seriously. Where if you don't get it, if you attempt to get it. Or mm-hmm. you 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 parse this totally unique phenomenon through the same lens you parse everything else. You're never going to get it. Like mm-hmm. Twin Peaks is is this beautiful artistic mindscape of David Lynch. It's not supposed to make sense. It it is David mm-hmm. Lynch being David Lynch, doing what he does with the characters that he has cultivated. So. It's not all going to be spelled out for you. It's not going to end the way you want it to. It's never ended the way you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Why would you expect it? Like, I'm going off on a tangent again, but one of the things about the third season was they didn't get a resolution. People were pissed that they didn't get a resolution. Why would you? You didn't get a resolution at the end of season two. Why would you get a resolution at the end of this? He, that, that's not how he's wired. Right, but I will say, playing devil's advocate, that was network television and this is showtime so yes this is this is more the artist's vision when a premium kitchen and tell the story he wants to tell without beholden to network censors or people right. behind desks right. so not getting a resolution could also have been well was the series cancel did they not redo it for a third season would this have been the same third season if he was able to come back after the second 
25 years ago. So, mm-hmm. so I can see why people would be like, so it's, it's very hard for me to be behind you when you say you didn't get a resolution 25 years ago. No, but that things were different 25 years ago here. I can see people like, okay, we've been waiting for this. You're absolutely right. No, but what I'm saying is, and I agree with you, but the factors that played into the end of the second season, the show was canceled. People were left hanging. Yep. That's part, that, that becomes part of the art. Right. Where you, you can't separate the art from the environment in which it resides. So all of all of the the commentary and the things written about Twin Peaks and all of the the uh, the experiences that people had while watching it that all becomes part of this organism that is Twin Peaks. So the fact that it went twenty five years and you got another chance to have a um, a sit down with these characters, the fact that he duplicated the resolution of the second season with the third that's freaking brilliant mm-hmm. right no i agree with you I, I i i i asked you if it was coming back for a fourth because i wanted to know if if, he, if there was any chance and you said no so i was so i but so you know i resigned myself to say okay so that was that was it and I he enjoyed- has said that if if the demand is there he would do a fourth season but he said the third season took four years to plan and execute mm-hmm. you're not going to get another season anytime soon Meaning, probably oh, never. Right. Right. Speaking of not getting another season anytime soon, Game of Thrones. What are you talking about? They announced Game of Thrones is coming back in 2019. Oh, it is 19. Shit. And those are the final larger expanded, like, seven episodes. And they didn't say, like, January 2019. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, larger expanded? They're going to be more than an They're hour? More than, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be like at least ninety minutes each. Wow, that's, that's kind of cool. cool. Be, I mean, yeah. it'll be, it'll be, and we'll be clamoring for it by then. Yes, look, things are worth you know, waiting for. On one for. hand, I'm bummed out to hear it, but you know, as we sit here and talk about it, it is it any different than you know, Avengers comes out, and we have what four, three, four years until the next Avengers movie, right? Uh, Star Wars comes out, we have at least what two years until the next Star Wars movie. So well, as far, but but with the Marvel stuff, yeah, we may it's it's going to be we'll get. You know, Avengers Infinity War in a couple months in May, and we haven't had, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron was however many years ago, but we still get like two Marvel movies a year. That's so, true. I mean, That's so it, it's, it, we're still getting, we're still in. Yeah, it. it's, it's just right, getting, right, right. And uh, so even with Star Wars, now we're going to get like another Star Wars movie every right. year that we don't get the main movie. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and I have it on the DVR. I might watch it when we're done tonight, but, um, did you watch last night's uh, season premiere of X Files? Oh shit! I didn't watch last year, so I didn't know. Oh, oh, last what? year's good. Yeah, <laughs> don't go in that room. Don't go in Vince's room. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's um, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I enjoyed last season a lot, but yeah, I, I was I, I'm like I, I kind of want to be in the mood to watch it when we're done tonight. So, dude, we'll that that one scene. When she was hypersexualized, is it hot in here? And she's like, "Oh my god!" It's like every fan Julian of the shows. Anderson? Yes, every fan of the show. She's going through menopause or hot flashes. <laughs> Age has nothing to do with it. A beautiful woman is a beautiful. Woman. <laughs> All right, I let's. Can't, I can't. I can't. No, I don't have to go there. Yeah, please, please don't. <laughs> I was going to mention that one of the 
one of the porn parodies that I may or may not own is the X Files <laughs> porn parody. Oh. <laughs> I may or may not <laughs> the triple X Files. That, that's funny. One of the things that I definitely read, um, I def I wanted to bring this to the table because it's been a, a while since I talked about this um, comic, and uh, shame on me because uh, it's always awesome. It's 2000 AD. Oh, worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read Prague's 2061 and 2062. Have we talked in the past about why they're called Prague's? Well, that's, yeah, that's, they, they were programs. They, um, it's just the, the, uh, the uh, Tharg tech speak where an issue is a prog. It's a, it's it, a program. So it's just like an issue, it's just another word. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a way of, of separating themselves from everything else, the mundane, and calling it a prog makes it different because it's futuristic mm-hmm. and it's, it's Tharg's gift to you. It's a pro- I don't mm-hmm. know. I have never really thought about it. Well, um, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, smart approach to the Christmas issue. It's 100 pages, and all of the serials are first chapters. Mm-hmm. So they're giving, wow. you, they're giving you this Christmas gift. You got a new Judge Dredd called Echoes. Brass Sun is in there. Savage, which is, Sun. Which, is, which is part <laughs> two. But still, it's the first chapter of part two. Uh, bad companies in here. There is a Dead World one, sh- like one done in done in one story. Ace Trucking Company, Star Lord. But the one I want to talk about is written by a certified genius, Pat Mills. I think Pat Mills is a genius of comics creation no I agree with that yeah no yeah, yeah no. i mean speak on it I, um, I mean I'm, I'm not i'm not arguing with you but i don't i don't know pat mills is work enough to to say i disagree or agree well the, the, i mean the abc warriors have been around uh for a good stretch they they started as well one of them started as the robusters and then it just spiraled into something uh bigger much bigger but mm-hmm. um, the ABC is atomic, bacterial, and chemical. These were robots designed to survive these various attacks. And um, they're called, in, in the group is called the Magnificent Seven, the Brotherhood of Steel. I love it. Yes, <laughs> they're, they're seven robots who have banded together to clean up Mars. Um, one of them... Deadlock, who is probably my favorite of the ABC Warriors, only because he's associated mm-hmm. with another character that is my all-time favorite. Um, and and uh, we'll get there. Um, so Deadlock, who was once a Grand Wizard of the Knights Marshal, uh, he serves chaos. So he, he's okay in my book. Um, he's uh, adept in magic. He has a sword that can suck souls. It's called Excalibur, but it's X. Of course it is. X dash caliber, much like mm-hmm. the Marvel um, Age of Apocalypse series. Uh, but he may or may not, it's never been explicitly stated, but it's been uh, implied that he may or may not have bonded with Nemesis the Warlock. 
And Nemesis is my all-time... F- I love Nemesis the Warlock. Um, Deadlock has stepped over the line. Um, he has slaughtered children. He's planting seeds of his plans in this little street urchin named Lenny. Um, in the first episode of this new story, uh, Tubal Cain, who is was one time known as Happy Shrapnel. He he rescues Lenny from the G-Men. See, Jason, you like dystopian futures? Worse. Well, ABC Warriors is extremely dystopian. You have humans who have taken the place of robots. They're mindless drones. They serve the corporation slash government it, it's a, it's a ruling body but it's just one giant corporation and um you have the g-men who enact the the will of the the corporation and um the the uh dissent has been squashed um you just have to step in line and, and be a good little drone and and work for the the glory of the corporation and you'll be okay and it's the robots the abc warriors who have become more human they're the voice of dissent they 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 mm-hmm. uh bust up um the unjust actions and they they remove the evil people from doing what evil people do so it's a neat switch and in the text for this um, new serial, uh, Drapetomania has been cited. And you know what Drapetomania is, right? No clue what Drapetomania is. Wow! Now here, I'm going to teach you something. Speak on it. It was said to be a mental illness, uh, which was the cause as to why slaves would try and escape their masters. It wasn't the realization that, hey, I'm being used as a pack animal. I'm going to get the hell out of here. No, it was a mental illness. Why would a slave ever escape his master? Well, it must be some kind of mental illness. Here's what we'll do. We'll cut off his big toes so he can't run away again, and it will alleviate this this mental malady. So it was seen as a... a it's pseudoscience. It was... um Try a be- putting a Band-Aid on something that was just human nature. You, no one wants to be a slave. And these slaves would, would bolt and the, the masters would say, oh, this, the slave must have some, something wrong with his brain. Why would he want to leave my, my fine establishment? Um, but they apply this drapetomania to the robots in, in here. Well, this this guy's rebelling. He must have something mentally wrong with him. And, and they apply it to Mongrel. And if you've, you haven't seen Mongrel, but you will if you look at the gallery for this episode. Mongrel is the most simian of the ABC Warriors. He's, he's a giant, mm-hmm. hulking beast of a robot. And, and he's busting up some, some uh, corporate shenanigans going on. And in as in old times when they would cut the toes off the slaves in order for them not to flee mongrel is put in a position where his legs are pulled away from his body he's crippled mm. and um i think it's neat it's a neat layer on just these these massive robots busting up 
this uh, evil corporate bullshit. I mean, yeah, that's fun, and especially when it's illustrated by Clint Langley, it's it's mm-hmm. <laughs> he's amazing. Gorgeous. And you know what? Those I, images you sent were awesome. I have to question my my honesty because normally I don't like the digital bullshit. Yeah. It, it leaves me cold, but when Langley does it, I, he yep. he employs a lot of digital um, creation methods, let's just say. Uh, mm-hmm. You could tell that some of the characters in the book are real people, um, illuminated and adjusted and made beautiful looking in Photoshop. That's okay when Clint Langley does it. It just looks great. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the earmarks of of digital art like he doesn't use filters just because he can he mm-hmm. uses them to compose beautiful images and that's fine uh it it just doesn't scream this all came out of a can there right. there's 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 a, a an auteur at work here so yes i'm a bit of a hypocrite when i i say i don't usually like digital artwork but when langley does it it looks amazing that it does. I cool. I no. I it was. Um, I didn't realize that that was the last story in the book because I was jonesing to get to that. Um, and it looks it looks absolutely amazing. I, I it's it was probably I I enjoyed the first part of of the dread story that that kicks the issue off. Um, I don't know if I'm super in love with that take on dread visually uh but i'm interested in reading more of that story but uh the the flint henry story looks cool yeah uh there's um in that savage book there's that one dude who looks like jeremy hawn and there's <laughs> a, um, he, the, he, does. he does it yeah uh but no i i 2000 ad is is I, I know we talked about it not too long ago. Um, cause, about six or eight episodes the, um, back, yeah. I'm and sorry? during the summer it was, right? Right. Yeah. We, were, we were catching up on that one Judge Judge storyline with the um, the robotic judges. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I recognize it. I respect it. I, I love the hell out of um, out of the creators who have all worked on it over the years Ryan Boland, Steve Dillon and it's just so many and and it's I may not know everything about everything that ever appeared in the magazine yeah. but I definitely uh I don't think anyone does right I, it, aside, no, aside from I, Pat Mills from, and the guys working on it yeah. yeah um but I I think it and it's it's so much more than just Judge Dredd and and right. I think when when you get something like the story that Langley is 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 illustrating, it it just it makes those one of the, the special moments in for the magazine for me is just yeah. that this is this is beautiful because something like this would be would probably be um, promoted the hell out of if it was you know done in a story if it was a vertical book or if it was you know something by by the big two but it's just just another serial in 2080 right. and and it it's gorgeous i guess the best way i can put it is there's nothing within the langley work that alerts me to the fact that it's 
digital. Like, there's no, you know, bottom line. There's no, like, solarized filter being employed. Like, right. I, maybe he does use those, but I'm not aware of the methods by which he goes through to produce this work. It, it feels like mm-hmm. I'm experiencing, like, I have a bird's eye view on this dystopian future. There's there's right. nothing within the creation techniques that are pulling me out of the story and saying, hey, look at this. Oh, I know that filter. You know, so it's okay in my book. I, th- I think it looks phenomenal. Um, his color palette is amazing. Uh, his the, the depiction of the various ABC warriors is stupendous. And oh, the, thing, the thing that really got me is in the, uh, the name of the story is called Fallout, by the way. And mm-hmm. the thing that really got me is the depiction of Nemesis the Warlock in the first chapter is mm-hmm. one of the all-time greatest depictions of Nemesis I've ever seen. And it's not a close-up. He's, he's, he's in the, it's a, it's a, it's a long shot of Deadlock and, and Nemesis and may, what may or may not have been the, the, uh, commingling of their their identities whatever but it is just a phenomenal image and it's it's eerie and alien as hell mm-hmm. i i, I love that that's an image that you know i think you can have on your wall and be like you could stare at that and s- find something new to appreciate in it like every day it's nuanced it's amazing but mm-hmm. um, where I got distracted again. Uh, so uh, so in episode two, Mongrel gets dismembered and um, somebody arrives at the end to hopefully save the day. It's Hammerstein. Um, Hammerstein. Hammerstein. You got to read this. Not only the, the ABC Warriors, just get in on 2000 AD because uh, no matter what your, your preference if if you like you know dread and hard hitting sci fi crime dramas or uh, flat out you know giant robot dystopian future action, there's always something in two thousand A.D. to 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 please you to satiate you. It's just a great magazine and it comes out every freaking week. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know. I mean, I, I have to say, the two thousand A.D. that I've read has been awesome. I don't think I've ever read a Judge Dredd compilation or a 2000 AD that I haven't enjoyed. And yet it's just, it's always just so far down my regime. Like I just can't ever commit to it. And it's not for lack of quality. It's just, it's just hard to break in because it's, there's so much of it. You know, it's, it's true. They're, they're never at a a loss for new product. They can, Mm -hmm. their library is so dense and and far reaching that they can pull old serials from the 70s and yeah. and that's what they do they have a long running uh, look at the complete judge dread case files what is it on volume 30 and those volumes yeah. are, they're huge like they're they're, huge. they'll never do uh, rebellion Matt will Burton never sent us, what was it was it 7 whatever the one he thought was like the greatest jumping on point yeah I don't remember which it was. I mean, I have it downstairs in my comic room, but it, I think it was seven. Five. 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 Okay. Right. If, if I had my druthers. That's that echo chamber again. Uh, no, I had to turn around to see where it was. 
Timmy's in the well. If I if I if I had my druthers, I would have a complete rebellion library. It w- it would probably cost a lot, and I would have a one room devoted just to rebellion, two thousand AD rebellion stuff. But everything they do, well, I shouldn't say that. M- the majority of the things that they do click with me. Mm-hmm. Strontium Dog, ABC Warriors, mm-hmm. Judge Dredd, Nemesis the Warlock. Um, Bad company. Like, there's always something to love yeah. in 2000 AD. You know what, Dap? You should, you should make, you should heavyweight the 2000 AD universe in the next book of the month. Oh yes! To force us to uh, get yes. up on it. That'd be awesome. Right? There's a book um, offered in this previews. ABC Warriors. I think it's the Volgon War Part One. It's it's okay. it's the complete ABC Warriors Volume Four, but it's. It's it's the the seminal of the, the the event that basically created them, and each each one of them is reminiscing on events from the war, and it's Clint Langley. We should all order that. It's not cheap though. It's like twenty six bucks. So maybe you know we'll we'll see how it pans out. I always um, feel like uh, when we talk about this stuff, our UK brothers and sisters like Tony Esmond and Mark Lambing are like about fucking time. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. totally down with uh, as long as I like 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 the book in this month's previews. But I mean, as long as it's ve- and it doesn't even if a compilation is selected, um, we can definitely preface it by saying you know it's just going to be the first the first arc or whatever, whatever however many chapters are in it. We don't. I mean, because because the Judge Dread book is like three hundred something pages, I think at least. It, it's a thick ass volume, so yeah. um, you could put like Cursed Earth or the Judge Judge Child um, story in there. I would it's, love to reread the Boland Judge Death stuff. But see, I don't want to read. I don't want to reread anything like that. No, like, you're right. You're so right. You're much, right. you know. Yeah. Slain. There's there's a ton uh, of stuff. Speaking of Tony Esman, he sent me the the hardcovers of Slain two Christmases ago, maybe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's sitting on my pile. It's it's not for lack of interest. It's just I haven't gotten to it yet. Well, let's make a, a an effort to put at least two two thousand AD related books on the next book of the month. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And speaking of the book of the month, yeah, well, we uh, did. It, it, is, it, it's it, not over, is it? It it is over on uh, next. Thursday. It's um, it has six days left. By the time right. we're, when we're recording this, it has six days left. It does look like mm. uh, the one book that was always a bridesmaid for our book of the months throughout the month, throughout the year, last year, uh, is finally going to get its time to shine. The books for this month that you can still vote on. They include Astro City, Life in the Big City, Catwoman, Selena's Big Score, Criminal Volume 6, The Last of the Innocent, The Damned Volume 1, Three Days Dead, The Golden Age, Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest, Hard Boiled, House of M, Kafka, The New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, and Runaways Volume 1, Pride and Joy. Nice. And for those that... Uh want to weigh in like where's the voting right now the voting right now is uh it was neck and neck it was great because when when 
when we launched the poll last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, things were tight and right, and I would have been happy either way. Uh, so, for example, everything that's been voted on includes uh, House of M with 8%, The Golden Age at 6%, uh, Criminal right. Blame 6 The Last of the Innocent at 11%. In second place currently is the New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract at 18%. Mm-hmm. Far and away, the first place, so I can finally take this book off the top of my shelf here, at 26% of 88 votes total, Astro City Life in the Big City. Nice, which goes really well for me because, as you all know, I committed to reading Astro City this year yes. as my big catch-up project. So, yep. nice. I made a jump because wasn't hard-boiled in the lead for a while no hard-boiled was never in the lead but hard-boiled definitely had more actually hard-boiled's been been inching up a little bit but it wasn't i don't believe it was ever in the lead uh but for a while house of m was ahead of it wow Uh, i really would enjoy rereading house of m too so that that that's that'll stay it if it doesn't come back next month it'll be back soon because there were a couple here that a we want to reread and two Mm -hmm. enough people voted where there is some obvious uh interest in it so it's silly Mm -hmm. to to not offer them again yeah i i I guess for me i i i vividly remember hard-boiled like like i read it yesterday so i don't i don't um that's the one i'm not exactly rooting for right and I, I adore um, the Archer's Quest because it was it was after Kevin Smith relaunched the title. So after mm-hmm. his arc was done, uh, his storyline was done. Brad Meltzer came on to um, it was basically it was a beautiful story where Ollie kind of uh, it's not quite twelve steps, but he he was making amends and 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 putting things in place and the. Uh, realizing your your true love and things like that and and it um it ended uh on, on a touching note but it, it's brad Meltzer wrote it after um i believe wrote it after identity crisis but it's uh it was his one arc for the title uh kind of a love letter and then i believe when it came on and and took the series for, for the rest of the way but um and it it beautifully illustrated by Hester and Park. So it's, it's, and it's of all the green arrow stories from that run that, that, that is pretty much one that um, is thought about finally. So if, if, if people have been enjoying the arrow show uh, or enjoying green arrow now, or want to know why someone like me who read green arrow in the backup of, of detective comics or in world's finest and, or hard traveling heroes, uh, that this, this arc in particular, cause I, I enjoyed Kevin Smith bringing the character back, but, uh, this arc, you know, it, it's like when Jeff Johns brought Hal back, it, it was one of those things where when you have a creator who, um, has a connection and, and, an affection for the character mm-hmm. writing, uh, it, it shines through and, and it's, when when you kind of uh, when you kind of have that same type of of affection for the character that that, that the creator does, um, it's it's somewhat special. So I mean, it's it's primarily on. 
it, it was actually there is a there is there's a suggestion form for for patrons to um add uh well suggestions for for upcoming uh recommendations for book of the month and and the archer's quest was mentioned a couple times so it's it's finally on the list but partly because it, it is one of my my favorite stories and i haven't reread they're all in in the long box in the crawl space but i haven't reread any of those uh green arrow issues for some time Maybe you'll have it's an excuse. Silent. No, maybe you'll have an excuse to in the future. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. Mayhap. All right, everybody. Hey, as usual, this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your comics, get them cheap, get them delivered right to your door for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. It is the smart choice. Make it. DCBService.com. And next week I'll have a list of uh, a proper list of um, spotlighted specials for you. Slacker. Yeah, my box is scheduled to come tomorrow. I made the mistake of opening. Oh my God. I, I know. I opened the email and it said, "Oh, it's coming Friday." Now I know. I can't. Won't mm-hmm. be surprised. Um, in your travels, speaking of another book that is completely wired to my sensibilities. Let me get it. It's right over here. Okay, from Oni Press. I don't give them enough love, and that's on me. This is written by Paul Tobin, art by Aruna Susini, color art by Gonzalo Duarte. It is, and I've talked about uh, the first issue when it came out, but uh, I recently read through issue three. Mm -hmm. It's called Made Men. And Dap likes to use the word adore. I wish um, I could uh, find a word that encapsulates my love that's stronger than adore because this book, I feel like this book is written for me. Oh, I love that. And that's a, uh, I felt this way when Rom was coming out. I thought, man, Rom is my book. These guys know me. I, I just love, love this book. What was that? I don't hear anything. Oh. Um, I heard a quunk. But uh, Made Men, it's it's based on the Frankenstein legend. Um, you have a Detroit uh, police officer named Yuta Shelley. And she leads her team into an ambush. They're all picked off in rapid succession. Bullets flying everywhere. Um the first one to go down is a woman named Hadri. She shot through the eye, sh- eye socket. She goes down. You have a man, a man named X, or nicknamed X. He shot through the throat by a high-powered rifle. His head almost gets separated from his neck. Uh, Gio Sabatini, a guy they call Leo, is uh, he's pulped, searching for cover. Like There is just hails of bullets blah, 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 all over the place. Two officers... Hugo Matodi and Baldessari Pratt are running and they get blowed up real good by a landmine simultaneously. And finally, uh, Yuta is uh, used for tiger practice by uh, all the ne'er-do-wells. Shot in the head, everywhere. Boom, boom, boom. Shot, shot, shot. So end of series, right? No. Because uh, Yuta 
is a Frankenstein. <clears throat> and her grandmother, which would be Victor's wife, see all of the legends surrounding the uh, the Frankenstein Frankenstein mythology were attributed to the man when in fact they were perpetrated by the woman her uh her grandma and uh yuta got her hands on grandma's uh writings and she takes this daily elixir so she revives from this this horrible incident and says you know what fuck all y'all i'm gonna get every single last one of you and in true frankenstein fashion she rebuilds her squad from the pieces of what was left now um Hadri got shot through the eye, so there wasn't a whole lot of uh, options because the brain was destroyed. So what she did was, Yuta pillaged her grandmother's um, body banks, so to speak, and she took a brain that uh, was from one Luisa Falconetto. She was a suffragette, an Italian suffragette, a political protester, a pot stirrer. She was killed for being an outspoken female. So she takes this brain, puts it into the body of uh, a contemporary shell, and this woman goes out into the the Detroit nightlife and is just amazed that women go to bars to drink and eventually have sex with people. Uh, the book is dirty. It's very dirty. There's a lot of sex in it. Hadri is in the bathroom of a nightclub um and she just hits on this woman and she's like wow um you're attractive i would love to have sex with you and they do they're in the bathroom taking selfies and they're topless and bottomless and sweating and grunting and it's it's a pretty filthy book Uh, sounds awesome that's Mm -hmm. the one thing about yutta she does not mask her desires in propriety if she wants to have sex with you she will say you are going to take me up to this room and you are going to take my clothes off and you're going to have sex with me but yes she wants sex but um there's a detective in the book that she needs to get an inroads into the detroit uh, police department see I-, I can't really summarize all that's going on in this book in a in an in your travels but, but basically she has sex with him because she wants to and then she drops the bomb like, I need you because I need information that only someone inside the police department can provide and you're going to be my man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why would I do that? He's, well, because we're, me and my recently revived squad are doing good things, more or less. And you want to do good things, right? So you're going to help me. And mm-hmm. may, maybe I'll go down on you in the future. <laughs> but no, I mean, she's filthy. It, and, the main character in a book to be seen totally naked. I mean, it's kind of unheard of. I need it. Right. Um, so back to the squad, the, the two officers that got blowed up, Hugo and Baldessari, she didn't have a whole lot to work with. So she Mm -hmm. blended their personalities into one body. And this being is called Gemini. Mm-hmm. That's cool, right? Uh, now here's where I may lose Jason. Oh, <laughs> the uh, the Mr. Gio Sabatini, the man known as Leo, who got uh, killed. 
Um, Yuta used the head of a real lion. So you got a guy walking around with a lion's head, and he's a savage. Well, we got loose. I don't know. I don't know. I'm that. just saying it may have been the that may have been the the thing that that broke your. Um, uh, it's okay, but uh, good. I'm glad you're down with it. So you have a a creature in the book that has a lion's head in a man's body, mm-hmm. and he's fiercely loyal to Yuta. He's in the closet when she's having sex with Luke, and he's growling because Luke got a little bit of rough because Yuta wanted him to. And uh, once he reveals himself, Larkin's like, "Man, I thought that re- that was you growling." He's like, "No, that, that's, my, <laughs> that's my buddy Leo," but. I, I I just cannot get enough of this book. I need I, it. I love it. It's dark. It's disturbing. It's violent. Um, Sassini's artwork is um, slightly, in the way he depicts women, slightly manhwa, not manga. It's uh-huh. it, it, his women are very attractive. The eyes are a little on the big side, but that's yeah. n- not not manga esque. It's just very um, very distinctive features. I think you'd like it a lot. It's it's it's. I think it's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very brushy. The artwork has a there's a beautiful brushy line, and uh, the darks are nice and thick. And it's it's totally in my freaking wheelhouse I, I cannot promote this book enough so if you're looking for something new and you are a fan of one of the greatest novels of all time and we're talking about mary shelley's frankenstein this you will eat this right up dirty filthy violent horror book with a, like with a, a, a procedural crime kind of slant to it mm-hmm. yep I dig it. Sold. Um, I love it so much. Uh, in your travels, I mentioned this uh, briefly last week. Read the first two issues. I probably will go deeper into it when all four are out. Uh, but this is Batman Creature of the Night. This is it. It it it, it may sound weird. I honestly feel that this is the best. John Polion has ever looked. I agree. It is. He's coloring it himself. It looks amazing. It's clean, cleaner than than what you would get from JPL, and and and, but where it needs to be, it's still. And my man can draw a cluttered apartment like nobody's business. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're just some artists who just haven't. I mean, like some artists love rubble, and and it, but everything looks fantastic under this dude's pen it it's a um i can't imagine anybody else actually drawing this story written by kurt busiek but uh starts off taking place in 1968 it is not it's it's kind of a um a compliment to busiek's secret identity which also takes place out of regular dc continuity uh this is about a batman fan bruce wainwright and uh Bruce's parents are killed on Halloween, uh, and he basically um, he, he's looked after 
by his uncle, Alton um, Frederick, and who he basically just shortens and combines two names for Alfred. He, he, he adores Batman. Uh, there is an officer who, who uh, an officer Hoover, who is there at scene when his parents, when Bruce's parents are killed, but Hoover's first name is Gordon. So uh, they're just little things that Bruce sees in his world that remind him of his favorite comic book stories. Uh, the second issue takes place a little later. Uh, Bruce is in college. He's um, pretty successful with the ladies. He's doing well in school. He has, uh, he, he's working for um, uh, Wainwright Investments, working for his uncle. Uh, he's pretty successful with a lot of, uh, a lot of his picks and, and, and his ideas for the, for where the company can put their money. Uh, and he wants to do more. He, he may not be able to change the whole world, but he wants to be able to change the world for, for a few people. And, and he wants to, um, he's hoping that his uncle will allow the company to maybe, um, help kids who have also, who may not have the things in life that, that Bruce had. Bruce had his parents' inheritance and, and his uncle looked after his money. And, and you know, Bruce doing well uh, considering what was taken from him. So he wants to see if he can do that for other kids who are also um, orphans, lost their parents or what have you. Uh, but there is something... I'm not going to say sinister, but there's definitely something going on where, um, like Bruce's parents murderer and, and, uh, the fact that he was actually found and arrested, uh, how he was found and, and confessed it. It's things aren't really, there may be a, a, a large bat like, creature who is um making sure things are done that, that that justice is served and uh and and whether or not the second issue towards the end of the second issue uh it went in a slightly different direction than i was expecting it to based on everything i had read up to that point and and it didn't take away any enjoyment that i've been it, it didn't detract. I just wasn't expecting it, and and we still have two issues to go. So I'm I'm, and these are these are prestige format style books. They're like they're they're, they're over forty eight pages each. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how things are going to progress from here, and 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 once um, the things have Bruce has been made aware of things that uh, kind of alter his perception. And and whether or not things that, that he was led to believe to be true may not actually be true. So I, I don't know how much of this may also be in Bruce's mind and, and whether or not it's a manifestation based on the tragedies and, and the traumatic events from his youth. Um, but there are great moments where Bruce was worried when he was younger that his uncle Alfred didn't want, didn't want to take him in, didn't want to be with him. And, and it, the clues aren't subtle. You know, Busiek writes smart and, and 
trust the reader to to be able to follow things along. I mean, even though Bruce is like ten years old and and he he's not aware of of his uncle's world, you kind of get the sense that that maybe Alfred is gay, and this is nineteen sixty eight, and and you know, Alfred's lifestyle doesn't exactly allow him to take on a a, a young child, um, and that's kind of that, that pretty much is is all but said in the second issue. So they're they're. It, Bruce does a lot of growing up in the issue and, and it's in the, well, at least in these two issues, but it has been a really, um, I didn't know what to expect when, when I decided to give it a try and, and I am, I've been really, really liking it. Secret identity. I, I enjoyed because of the imminent artwork. I'm just not a fan of, of that particular version of, of, of Superboy. but this is, um, this has just been fantastic. It's, it's, I am quite pleased with it. Once it's collected, I could see, depending on, on the packaging, I, I could probably see it, uh, on a, a 11 o'clockers collected edition in 2019. But this is, um, this has been a, a beautiful looking book. And one thing that I absolutely love is that it is lettered by Todd Klein and it looks fantastic on the page Klein and, and John Paulion. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful looking book. The story's pretty, pretty rocking, but I am absolutely in love with the way this book looks to so give it a shot. Nice. Um, I'm about a week and a half too late, but if I don't talk about this book now, I don't know when I will. So I'm going to say in your travels, check out Hellboy Krampus Knocked. Ah, yes. So this is a one-shot that uh, was written by Mr. Mike Mignola with letters by Clem Robbins, uh, art by Dave Stewart, and cartooning by Mr. Adam Hughes. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, you don't see Adam Hughes do interiors very often, so I wanted to check this out. Um I think, like Vince, I am a big fan of the Hellboy BPRD, uh, but I find myself much more into reading the one-shots and the miniseries than I do the ongoing because I'm so far behind on the ongoing. And this is a standalone uh, issue that uh, certainly was written and geared for Christmas. It, in, it takes place in the mid-70s, I think 1975. I don't know if they say specifically, but I think around then. And um, a ghost of a woman... Uh, pleads for Hellboy to help her um, and her son, and he goes to a home in Austria and comes across an old man who turns out to be the Krampus. And for those that don't know, Krampus is a European um, mythological demonic goat creature that is kind of the opposite of Santa. He's the evil side of Christmas. And um, in this issue, Hellboy and Krampus fight uh, until there is a resolution, which I will not spoil. But um, I, the strength of this issue is is definitely seeing Adam Hughes draw Hellboy and uh, and the, the the Hellboy universe. Uh, it's just breathtaking. I, I would say that the story is a little bit straightforward. I don't know that the stakes feel all that great. You know, all things all things considered, it being a one shot, I don't think. It really feels like it's anything all that significant for Hellboy to battle Krampus. I don't think 
it's clear why if he weren't to take on the battle or were to lose, what it would matter. But that aside, the visuals uh, alone in the holiday setting make it a an excellent little respite for those looking for a holiday book. And again, probably better recommended two weeks ago, but uh, it just kept not making the cut. So I wanted to call it out now before we get too far past Christmas. So if those of you who are still uh, up for a little holiday tidings, uh, check out Hellboy Krampus Nacht, uh standalone issue, and uh, enjoy a rare Adam Hughes interior work. Nice. It's on my it's on my stack. I haven't got to cool. it yet. Yeah. And also go to eleven o'clock comics dot threadless dot com. Buy yourself some merch. <laughs> Would be nice. We have tons. We have we have the EOC logo gold key in black and white. We've got the EOC logo in in uh, white with black lettering. We've got the EOC heads logo, which is probably our most famous uh, logo to this point. We've got the Gold key in color, which I have a bunch of, of merch from. We've got the uh, the 2013 Spaceman for the Love of the Medium logo. We've got the Daniel White Kirby Crackle Psychedelic 2015 logo. We've got the 11 O'Clock Comics 2016 logo with the crazy celestial Kirby being. Of course, we've got the EOC 17 <clears throat> Jonathan Gordon as the three of us as astronauts logo. And uh, and more to come. I thought I was going to get berated. Nah, dude. I got too much love for you. <laughs> oh, do we, do we want to talk about the logo, though? Yes, we should. It's going to be on this episode, right? Yeah. Excellent. So, as our listeners generally know, we have an annual competition where we invite the voluminous artistic folks that listen to the show to throw their hat in the ring, so to speak, and design an annual logo for us that we use on the show through our podcast header, the episode logs, our website, thread list, merch, stuff like that. Um, it's been an awesome competition. We've had a bunch of amazing winners over the years. And last year's winner, uh, winner was Jonathan Gordon with the aforementioned um, three of us as astronauts. And, so now would be the time normally we would we would acknowledge the competition and set it up for this year. Um, or frankly, I guess maybe before this we would have done that. And so some of you may be wondering, why haven't we? And, uh, well, it's, it's, it's a bit of a different year. Um, honestly, uh, Jonathan, who is the reigning champ, um, created another logo for us this year. And posted an in-process look into it for a couple weeks, right? I mean, it was it was multiple weeks he worked on this thing. Yes, yes. And I think at last count spent more than 80 hours working on this image. And to his credit, I don't want to make it seem like he was trying to preempt. He, he, he was doing all of this with the idea of using this as his entry into this year's competition. Um, but the three of us were so taken aback by not only the beauty of the image but the sheer amount of time that Jonathan put into it that we really felt like it would be absurd to open up a competition because we didn't want it to be like a kangaroo court because we were so smitten by the effort that he put into this, that we wanted it to be our image this year. 
but we did feel like, you know, we have always had a competition and we were trying to sort of figure out how to measure the two. So the long and the short of it is we talked to Jonathan and he agreed that, um, here's the situation. We are going to use Jonathan's image for our 2018 logo. Um, because it's amazing and it's deserving of that, of that, uh, choice. But because of the fact that we're doing it preemptively and not having an open competition this year, we have told Jonathan that he is now in the hall of fame and he's being retired. So after 2018, Jonathan is no longer eligible to compete in the local competition because he will have had back-to-back uh, logos. And he's totally cool with that, and uh, he will be coming on the show this year. To uh, He didn't take us up on, on the offer last year, which is always the, the winner can always – one of the things the winner gets is a chance to come on the show. Um, Gonzo did it last year, and uh, or two years ago, rather, and, and Gordon opted not to this year. He has told us that he does plan on coming on this year, which is great. Looking forward to having him. And so congratulations to him uh, on being the selection this year. Um, apologies to anyone else who may have been preemptively working on a logo. We we absolutely will reopen the competition for um, the 19. And uh, again, Jonathan is retired from competition after this year. So it will be back to open season. And um, there you have it. Is that about to sum it up? I think it was a good approach. Good way to do it. Yeah, cool. And and uh, I have to say, you know, he and uh, his fiance, they're still fiance. He didn't get. He didn't. Did he tie the knot? Or is she still a fiance? No, they're married. I think they're married. Yeah, they're oh, married. Okay. Yeah. His wife, Neve, uh, they share a Facebook account now, which is interesting. It's cute. But I think it's it's gone well. It's it's been cute, right? Yeah, it's very cute. Because you get a post from them, you don't know if it's if it's Jonathan or Neve. Even till well, I think I think that's until the idea. You read the context. Yeah, that's a, yeah. It's in, yeah, it's cool. I I think it's cute and I like seeing it, but there's no way in hell I would ever do that on my. Head. Oh, same. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, we love you so much. Thank you for being here with us. Please uh, go to Discount Comic Book Service if you would like to save, save, save DCBService.com. And in the meantime. Say good night. David. Ooh. David. Good night. David. Mm-hmm. David. Wow, he wasn't being distracted by us that time. Did you see it? Oh, he was on point. He was. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not listening to him, pacing it out. I want to make sure I was there in a while. Come back. We'll be here with a beverage waiting for you. And we will have uh, Grand Old Tales, Devil in Our Mist read. Yes, because yes. we were supposed to do that for, what was it, this week? This week, yeah. Oh, so that'll be next episode. Next yes. week we're doing three, right? <laughs> three what? Three episodes. No. Why? And don't forget, everyone. <laughs> tinyurl.com slash 11 o'clock comics. You need to get your votes in if you haven't already. We've got a bunch in so far, so it's great. But I would like it to be record setting, and we're far away from a record. So please, please, please vote for your favorite comics of the year because uh, 
We haven't set the official date, but let's set it right now. Let's say that... Um, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, let's say the 18th. Thursday the 18th. Yes. So that's when we're going to do our best of. So okay. you need to get your votes in by Sunday the 14th. So you've got a little less than... You've got 10 days, basically, to, is, to get on it. Is our, spreadsheet, is our spreadsheet ready? It will be. Okay. Think it that, is, sounds it, that sounds late. That sounds late. It is, but Oh, it's not? Okay, it will be. <laughs> I thought it was, but okay. <laughs> bye. Say goodbye. Later, y'all. Love happy you. New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Call me. Thanks. Thanks for an awesome 2018, and we'll... Kick everybody's ass in 2019 with y'all. Yeah. What the hell's going on? You mean thank you for an awesome 2018 or 2017? Yes. yes. Does Zap that have mean, a time yes. machine? Right, yes. Yeah, it, it leads back to my intro. So, see, it's all, it all connected. It is. As I drank today. Wow. Huh.